Welcome to Exiting Through the 2010s, a podcast where we reflect and dissect the movies of the past 10 years. I'm your host, Jack Draper. With me is my co-host, Clay Williams. Talking to Boston today. It's okay. wicked smart. Just, just going to start out. I can't, I can't keep it up. I'm sorry. I, w- I, w- I could try, but it would just embarrass every single person on this planet. And I, I, will I, don't, end I couldn't this be responsible. If you kept that. this up, I will end it. It's pretty wicked. No. It's wicked smart. <laughs> That's, that's the only thing I can do. That's really that's not the only thing you can do. You can't you can't do that. <laughs> what we what what did we think about the did we all see the Boston accent Super Bowl ad? Uh yes. Did you did you see it, Meg? Yep. Yeah. What, what um, do we think about that? I mean, it's fine. I'm from New York. So <laughs> that that kind of makes <laughs> Meg and I en- enemies. I know, technically I, down we are. Um, I mean, like, you put Chris Evans on my TV, I'm not going to say no. Right, he doesn't look that bad in a beard. Like, not... never looks bad, ever, let's be real. <laughs> and uh, let's, and like, Rachel Dratch coming, like, yeah. coming back to this spotlight, like, yes, yeah. please. John Krasinski is a fan favorite. And then Big Poppy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Big oh, Poppy. You, you, gotta, you gotta love Big Poppy. Big Poppy. You can't, you can't uh, not love Big Poppy. The only yeah. thing that I didn't like about co- that commercial is that it took place in the city of Boston. And with us today is <laughs> our returning guest, Meg Brady. Hello. Yeah, wonderful to have Thanks you back. for having me back, guys. Of course. After I, you know, went on a tangent about A Star is Born last time. <laughs> right. Derailed our episode. On, on the Carol episode. On yeah. the Carol episode. <laughs> it could happen again. I wouldn't put it past us. There's something, something will come up and you know I'll go on rant about it. <laughs> and, and I mean, I guess we only have you on for 2015 movies. Oh, true. I didn't even realize that. You and Wes Musinski, you guys are only going to be on for the years that we assign you. Like, I guess you're just trapped, you know? <laughs> no, but I have to break free so that we can do a star. Oh, of course. Yeah. <laughs> so today we're talking about Spotlight, you know? <laughs> Are we going to Australia now? I don't know. They really sounded Australian. I could, I could, oh, it's, I want to, I want to do it so bad. I want to have a great Boston accent, but it's just okay. not working. Well, uh, I'm, I'm yeah. glad I don't. Um, <laughs> yeah. So what is your history with the Oscars? Something that I've been very excited to ask you about the most, I think. With the Oscars? Yeah, just general, like... What's your relationship with it? Yeah, what's your relationship? I worded that weird. Relationship with it? Oh, gosh. Like, I don't even know where to start. I don't even know where it started. But basically, as long as I can remember, I've watched them. You're like Henry Um, Hill from Goodfellas. Yeah. As As long as as I can remember, I wanted to be an Oscar pundit. I wanted to watch the Oscars. Um... Yeah, but I just have always been interested in, like, the politics of them as well, you know? Sure. And yeah. just interesting. and the upsets and everything. But I'm also, as you guys know, but I'm also just, like, obsessed with pop culture. Obsessed mm. with all things pop culture. Obsessed with celebrities. Obsessed with all that. And I love going to the movies more than anything. Which mm. I think, deep down, I get from my dad. But he also, like, doesn't like to see movies anymore unless it's, like, I took him to see The Irishman in 1917. 
loved him. But, like, he has been watched, like, putting on Turner Classic Movies in our house since I was, like, four. I saw Titanic when I was, like, five. Like, they just, like, watched movies with me because I was an only child. I was. I am an only child. So, So I was kind of exposed to kind of those, like, great movies when I was really young. And so, so yeah, I've just always kind of been interested in, in these, you know, these movies, yeah. these movies, man. They, they rustle inside us. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. But now, basically, I've turned into basically, like, I think all of my friends are just like, so Meg, like, the Oscars. And I'm like, All right, yeah. well, what you got for us? Yeah, Let's been... talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> Let's awesome. talk about it. <laughs> Can you remember so, anything extraordinary about the 2015 Oscar race? Oh. That Kate Blanchett didn't win for Carol. <laughs> right. Now yeah, let's just go back to this well. <laughs> it's the last <laughs> are, thing we need. Are we starting on Carol again? Yeah, so I mean, we, we very well could make. <laughs> um, I think that I think I remember that. With to bring it to spotlight, um, it was a little bit surprising that it won. In this, in the sense that, like, there was no. I don't think there was like a really clear front runner that year. For, mm. Pixar, for the most part, I think the top three were Mad Max, Revenant, and Spotlight. I yeah. think I feel like that Mad is Max was kind a of it. I mean, I, not. I think people had faith that maybe it could pull through. Maybe it's like us with Parasite oh. here. True, true. But it also won so many technical <clears throat> awards, and it was one of the like the more like consensus. Yeah, that movie fucking rocks. Yeah, yeah. I remember I Sweet the other day that it was bad, and I was like. I was like, you're just, Whoa. like, objectively wrong. <laughs> oh, my God. Like, you're, just, you're just saying that just to be annoying. They're probably an Oscar voter. Yeah, probably. Oh, boy. Um, oh, my gosh. I remember this being maybe the first... I mean, 2016, I think, was the first Oscar race that I remember really paying attention to. but Or, like, really, really paying attention to. But this one... I like kind of knew like the players going in. Like, um, I don't think like I've seen like I saw The Martian, I saw Room. Yeah, so I like seen some of them, but mm-hmm. it hadn't. It hadn't been like, oh, I'm gonna make sure I get all of them done because Spotlight seems like the front runner and Revenant's its biggest biggest competition. Yeah. Um, however, when I saw Spotlight's um, like campaign, I was like, oh, that seems like something I could actually win Best Picture. Like it was just something kind of instinctual. And I texted um, friend of the show Kyle Amato that I was watching Spotlight last night. And he's like, I had that same same thought. Like, I saw it at our local theater. And he's just like, oh, yeah, that's going to win Best Picture. Like, it was just, it had all the ingredients to pull it It's off. a very Best Picture <clears throat> movie. And usually that can be a criticism of, like, the kid, like, I feel like it's a criticism of the King's Speech. I feel like it's a criticism of the artist. I feel like, yeah, you know, these it. obvious, like, like, these, like, eye roll, oh, it's such a big picture movie. I think um, we can call that oscar bait yeah oscar bait but 
I mean, Oscar bait is like those could just be like like individual performances and stuff like that. It just seemed, but it felt like you said all encompassing. But this, but I feel like this time it was more of a positive when people said that. <clears throat> At least yeah. that's what I think. I think most people were in agreement that it was like a good movie, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Everybody in it was good, and it was about something important. Yeah. And it was tastefully done. Yeah. Like there was no like like backlash against this movie. Like maybe like maybe people were like oh I don't think it was that good, but there was no like oh it's super problematic. Yeah. Do you remember having that same thing where it's like you just saw it for the first time, or when did when did you see it for the first time in 2015? I did not see it until after it won. Okay. Um, I think I watched it like 2017, but yeah, I mean, I obviously knew it was an Oscar winner and knew it was good and it was on Netflix and I was like, okay, like I want to watch this. I love Mark Ruffalo. I love Rachel McAdams. Mm. I love Brian Darcy. James. James. Yeah. Like yeah. he's great. Like, <laughs> you know, what's his name? John Slattery. Right. Roger like, from Mad Men. Yes. The second time we have you on that I evoked Mad Men. Yes. Yes. I just remembered this right now while you guys were just talking that I didn't actually watch this Oscars because I was on spring break. Interesting. Because <laughs> it was my senior year. We were on a cruise. Mm. A carnival. Oh, wow. I feel like I'm Michael Scott. He's on a cruise. He's on a Caribbean cruise. Um, and I remember they said they were going to play the Oscars. And they had it up for a bit. And then it cut out. So and we're, in middle, we're in the middle of the ocean. So it's like I'm trying to get service so that I can figure out if Leo like won his Oscar finally. You know? Which oh, yeah. I remember. Was, Right. Yeah, that was kind of the big story of this. That was big. Yeah, it was just the big story of like, okay, like he's finally gonna get it, and we know he is, and it's a sure thing, basically. Mm. And and yeah, and that was that. So that's why I feel like almost big picture was a little bit um, less kind of like heavy in people's minds. Mm. Um, the other thing I remember vividly from this Oscars, though, is this Instagram photo of Mark Ruffalo. He, like, picked up the big Oscar statue or, like, cardboard Oscar statue in the, um, like, opening, like, doorway or whatever. I think it was this year, but this is also could be just, like, a Mark Ruffalo story. And he, like, he posted and he was like, I'm taking it home with me. And it was really nice. And I was like, yes, Mark Ruffalo, you deserve all the Oscars. <laughs> Yeah, you're my best supporting. Yeah. Who, who did win sport? Oh, right, Mark Rylance, the uh, other Mark. And that was a surprise. <sighs> God. Right? Clay likes Bridge of Spies more than me, but... Well, I love um, Bridge of Spies. Bridge of Spies is great. We just can't deny that Stallone should have deserved it. I think we can agree on that. Well, that was... So, you were talking about, when, like, you know, investment. Like, you weren't that invested in this year's Oscars, like, in the sense of... I mean, you watched them, but you Not weren't, like... Not compared to 2016. I was I was invested like I saw most of these movies beforehand. Um, I I was really in, but I feel like the Stallone thing kind of got me involved, and maybe the Leo thing too. But that's when I was just kind of like, oh, someone who I like actively want to win might win. Um, and to the whole idea, and also Mad Max, like these were movies that I'm like, oh, cool, these are like being recognized. And this was definitely like the first year where I was like, let's let you know, let's fucking go Oscars, let's see what you got. Um, like I think, yeah, I mean, I saw most of these movies before they were uh, before the Oscars. I know I saw The Martian beforehand. I know I saw The Revenant, 
Spies. I've never seen Spotlight. It's fine. I just like feel um, like I don't have to, you to be honest. Like maybe one day I will, but I like <laughs> that movie, but you don't have to. Yeah. Maybe it's one like, day it'll be on. It really sucks Leo didn't win for Wolf of Wall Street. Um it Do you guys remember that- how bored he- Go ahead. It sucks that like if <laughs> I would say like he could win this year if he hadn't already won. Because I think Once Upon mm-hmm. a Time is like a really good performance. For and people. if Brad isn't winning, or could Brad and him win in the same year if mm-hmm. it weren't for Joaquin? I don't know. I kind of, I have really mixed feelings about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah, I so, think I need to watch it again. I saw it so long ago, and I'm just kind of like. It I, could still win. I liked it, you know. but It's definitely it was, a second watch movie, because I, I really dug it the first time, but the second time I'm like, oh, this fantastic okay. i've heard that from a lot yeah. of people too really the second to time know. is the best time because that was i uh, meaning to but also like i have other ones that i've never seen that i need to see so it's like that but uh but yeah i don't know i mean obviously like leo deserves an oscar and he'll probably win another one in like 20 years or true. something yeah. like like a supporting or something yeah, yeah like i just really want him to win for wolf because i think that's just his most dynamic like, performance he's in what's that who beat him that year Conaghy. No one was going to beat him that year. That's the uh, thing. Yeah, true. It was kind of like, yeah, ugh. For true detective. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He just strolled his way to that Oscar stage. Cool. <laughs> I, <can't remember. laughs> I feel like it was weird because, like, I feel like everyone kind of recognized that year. I'm like, or, um, recognized that year. Yeah, McConaughey is winning for true detective. Like, it's not really Dallas yeah. Buyers Club, but everyone was just like, we're high on McConaughey. It's kind of like Mahershala winning for Green Book and for, true detective. Like how Laura Dern's winning for Big Little Lies. Yeah. Even though, like, people keep saying that, and I'm just like, I think it's just like a collective body of work this year. I've seen yeah. a lot of um, she's playing good Renata in Marriage Story. I think she's worse than Renata in Marriage Story. Interesting. Interesting. Because Renata's, like, a lot more, like, emotional and, like, open than... I think Renata just channels her emotions elsewhere. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen... I mean, I've seen it both ways. I've seen it where people said, like, Laura Dern's better in Little Women. And then I have people I know who said that they thought that she wasn't good in Little Women. But I think it's just that that kind of emotion that she's playing is is it's so a combination too yeah and it's that emotion she's playing in little women is almost like uncommon and her character is so good that's i think that's another yeah. thing people have like she's so like pure that people are like uh, i don't know i don't know if i like she's i don't want to know like, if like a pure character it's too, it's so <laughs> searing but it's just like it's very i thought i thought it was really good mm-hmm. yeah um do you guys remember how bored Leo was on that stage when he finally won? I don't I thought really. His speech was great. His speech was great, but like he just seemed like like he gave a spe- speech and like of course like his like yeah, environmental yeah. stuff was like very prescient, but he just was yeah, kind of like he just seemed so I don't know maybe he just doesn't give that much emotion, but he seemed like cool. Have my Oscar. I'm gonna give this important speech. I think we should take out. into account that by the end of award season, everyone is just. Yeah, usually people are a little bit less or a little bit more exhausted than we are now because Oscars are usually I, March. Let's not forget. I know. It's so weird. It's just like insane. Like, I can't even imagine it. 
now because mm-hmm. I still feel yeah. like it's been such a long award season. Mm-hmm. But maybe it's just because like all the wrong things have been winning, so it's like mm-hmm. draining to watch that even more. The Irishman is yeah. gonna win zero. I feel like the Irishman is gonna win zero Oscars. Yeah, which is bananas. I I the idea that Thelma is not getting that editing Oscar. I want to. It's it's baffling, truly. Uh, I want to curb stomp the Academy for that, honestly. <laughs> really, I, that's your number one reason. Really, okay. I saw a tweet that was like, um, the downfall or like the slight downfall, I suppose, at this point of Bernie Sanders aligning with the um downfall of the Irishman at the Oscars is <laughs> <this> true poetry <laughs> in motion, like poets in, at work and I was like that's so strange <laughs> that is absolute fact oh. not that I the thing is not that I didn't like the Irishman I thought it was a great movie but yeah I I don't know it's just it's so weird that I mean it's like Completely the amount of shut out but like I feel the reason why at first I'm like, oh, yeah, Thelma's going to win it because there was this earlier fucking Twitter shit about like, oh, Thelma, like Martin Scorsese movies need to be edited more. They're too long. And like they were just like this Thelma erasure was happening. And there was a huge point of like film Twitter being like, you're fucking wrong. Thelma's great. Put some what? respect on her name. And and I feel like there is this like, oh, this appreciation for Thelma. Um Schumacher. I'm like, in, in, yeah, let, yeah. let me, let me, let me be clear. Yeah, we can't. We're not on first name basis. But like, her. <laughs> Imagine. But she. But yeah, like I just felt like, oh yeah, we all recognize that she's probably like the best editor alive right now of all time. Yeah. I know. It'd be like, and we're just not talking about it. But we're now kind of recognize that. So I just felt like that was why she would win this year. But I. But like, like people are probably. Gonna, oh shit. You know, it's three hours and thirty minutes. You could have used some editing. Like, what the fuck? If yeah. we want to talk about rewatches, the Irishman's length really showed me its true power on a rewatch. Um, it just, I, I, I can't understand anyone now that says it should not be its length. Um, it's just, it tells the complete story. I mean, I'm not trying to like diverge this into an Irish episode, but it's like. It just uses every minute. I feel like we're gonna diverge, and the Oscars are in two days. I feel like we're gonna diverge. Like, and it's it's gonna be more about the Oscars than it is about Spotlight. But Spotlight will understand because it won. That's true. But I think the funny, actually, I can connect it to Spotlight. The funny thing is, movies like Spotlight. I mean, yeah, it does seem best picture, but it's also extremely subtle, Mm -hmm. which is a very big Oscar no-no. And that's kind of the same thing with The Irishman. It's very subtle. And it's very, like, when people think, oh, I've seen it before. Or, oh, like, you know, it's um, it's boring at parts. I think, you know, I think it's just because it's a very subtle movie. And it's very, and it's a lot of somber. things to contemplate. Yeah, it's very somber. And this movie in Spotlight is, too. I mean, And let's compare not... The Irishman to The Departed, which did win Best Picture. A movie that is, to me, lower shelf Marty. Just... I mean, for many reasons, which we can't get into, but it's like, uh, that is like his, like a very less nuanced portrait of gangster life than the Irishman, which is not going to win. Yeah. I mean, but if the departed was made by someone else, it probably wouldn't have been nominated for any, you know, 
Yeah. Even though it had Leo. If it was and, a Guy Ritchie movie, it would And not Jack be. Nicholson and like yeah. all those and Matt Damon and everything. But also if if Marty didn't direct it, maybe they don't get And those James Badgedale Erasure. <laughs> He's in that movie. Oh my God, Mark Wahlberg. He's... I'm sorry, Mark Wahlberg, the only man who was actually nominated for that movie. Yes, which is baffling. Yeah, he's good. I mean, at he's it. great. He's good. Yeah. At it. He's he's in a mode. Yeah. Yeah. The thing is, like, you know, I say, okay, if Marty didn't direct it, then it wouldn't have been nominated. But also, like, maybe it doesn't get those guys attached if Marty doesn't direct mm. it. So, True. like, yeah. so it's you know, you wouldn't get Jack. Yeah. But. Yeah, that movie. Oh my gosh, the rat and. But like, you actually that's a, I can't believe I'm making these parallels to Spotlight with Scorsese talk, but Martin, like Tom Tom McCarthy is a weird person to win a Best Picture. Mm. You know what I mean? Like he's just not a name. Yeah. That's the, that's the interesting thing is like it's weird that. It's weird that even one it, the spotlight doesn't have that much directing style and it just does it's not a big director so it's we one it's weird that he got nominated for best director because again he's just she's such a like I don't want to say no name but he's just not a he's just very like middle of the road in uh, reputation and but like his film for some reason was just able to be like yeah no it's gonna win. <laughs> I do re- you know now that you mentioned him winning or not um winning nominee for director i remember the outcry or at least this was the thing that almost made the dam collapse that was like ostrich too white um the fact that uh kugler wasn't in the competition and um for creed for creed but also was I'm this like, was this selma Jordan. year it might no, be Jordan. Last, year. last year okay maybe then ava's shut out um was kind of like the thing that all that broke the dam um but yeah it's the, i remember this was the thing that was like all right guys what what are we doing like this, yeah, was, this was the first year of oscars so white and yeah, yeah. yeah because that because chris hawk chris rock was hosting and i remember that being just a kind of a weird thing he had to maneuver around and that mm. was part of his because it's uh, 20 it's 20 white people up for the acting awards this year oof, yeah it's but not, I also think like, it was like sneak in a Cynthia Revo, like, which like, oh god, let's. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a that's a conversation. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like also, uh, I think that bi- two big actors because I don't think uh, Michael B. Jordan had a huge chance, but the two big actors that were like you, those were layups, and you didn't nominate them were Idris Elba for Beasts of No Nation, mm-hmm. and the canceled man himself jason mitchell first straight out of compton mm. oh was he really did he really have buzz yeah e- him as easy was like huge like i think he was like i think yeah he was nominated for stuff that was he was that, like that, sixth that was, or seventh something like that yeah people people thought he could really get in there and he just wasn't but those were like two of like the point like why those were such easy layups how could you not nominate those people yeah and, and that was just the big thing we're just like wait this is not right and especially like i mean there's a um, there's an oral funny enough we're talking about oscar so white there's an oral history out now on the new york times um about the the, the hashtag in general and um and they talk about this in the article of like how at like in 2013 we all kind of thought like 
with 12 Years of Slave winning, they're like, oh, I think, oh, oh like, okay, the Oscars are finally, like, making a push now. Okay, recognize, they recognize, like, the need for black film and the importance of black film and how they're able, and now they can push on from there. Like, because Lupita won, and it was just, it was a big moment. And 2014 happened, and people were like, oh, this is kind of bullshit. All right, uh, what's happening? And then 2015, it was like, oh, this is just no bueno. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a New York Times article written by Reggie uh, Reggie Ujo. I'm sorry, I pronounced that wrong, but um, Ugu, Ugu. I can't. If you can't, can't pronounce this, I'm gonna have to ask you to leave. Do you know that? Um, we'll cut it. We'll cut it. We'll be fine. But, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was just published, and yeah, please check that out. It's a good article. Can we just talk about for a second at this Oscars a moment most pleasing to me in my career when Lady Gaga performed <laughs> that I obviously didn't get to see live, like Wait, I said. You Joe Biden introduced her. Let's talk about it. Joe Biden, very Ooh. different um, in the eyes of the American public at the time. Yeah. Very different. Because it was her song, Till It Happens to You, about victims of sexual assault. And let's just... 2015 was a totally different world, huh? Let's just sit with that. That's pre-Me Too. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, just need to throw Lady Gaga <laughs> in there for a second. Yeah. Like, okay, so... The tick counter. Was... It just... Yeah, it just yeah. went up. Yeah. <laughs> the, yeah. The Star is Born. That's true, I think, tonight. <laughs> so I was thinking about, like, what song did she perform in? Because I remember that. Yeah, Joe Biden introducing her is fucking wild. I totally forgot about that. But she... But she performed for The Hunting Ground. Yeah. A movie that does not exist. And then she didn't win. No. <laughs> oh. She. Do, do you guys know who won? Um, oh, I, I Sam tell Smith. You, Sam Smith for Spectre. For writings on the wall. Yuck. And then he said he was like the first gay man to win an Oscar, right? Oh, that's right. Yeah. Openly gay, I guess, was the comment. Yeah. But, oh, that's honestly a bad Bond song. It's bad. I mean, it's a bad Bond as a whole. There's some things about it, but yeah, I agree. Guys, I've never I, seen a Bond. Should I do them? I mean, we're Just doing Skyfall, right? Just the Craigs. I mean, yeah, are we doing? Yeah, we're yeah, doing Skyfall for No Time to Die. I would watch. So I would watch, watch it for all. us, is what I'm saying. I would watch all of them, all the Craig ones, not the all the yeah. don't yeah don't not all of the Bond movies, but watch all the Craig ones. But just know that Quantum of Solace is bad and Spectre is mediocre at best. Okay, Spectre the one where um, what's his name is the villain, Christoph Waltz. Yeah, Javier no, Bardem like is the villain in Skyfall, and he's excellent. Yeah. Well, I I know Skyfall's good just based on like cultural consensus, but yeah, uh, and the rewatchables is really good on Skyfall. Oh really? Oh, gotta do that. But um, yeah, I gotta do the Bonds in the next couple months and like all of the Fast and the Furious. Oh, boy. Yes. That trailer dropped the other day and everyone was like oh. Han, 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 and I was like Han Solo is dead, guys. What are you talking about? <laughs> and. <laughs> And then I'm like, okay, who is Han? And that's I a very to... Regina George moment. Yes. By the way, <laughs> I made guys. 
<laughs> Before we recorded we last week, I made Jack watch the Fast 9 trailer in front of me. Like, because right. I'm like, you need to watch this, like, achievement in American <laughs> cinema. Right, it's like in the congressional, the, the Library of Congress. They had a I, whole concert uh, to premiere the trailer. Yeah, They've never I, done that for an Avengers movie, so. Yeah. They didn't I, do that for a Star is Born. They didn't. <laughs> That's a missed opportunity right there. Which, incredible incredible trailer oh Stars. an amazing trailer an amazing yeah fast nine is a great trailer what's your uh, favorite trailer you saw last year like what do you think is the best trailer you saw last year the lighthouse the lighthouse uh, i love that movie i've seen that trailer a stupid amount of times yeah I don't I want to take out all like the tentpole films because that's just unfair because it's just I'm already built I have like a built-in excitement for that yeah um the one that comes to mind just because I feel like I've talked about this a little bit of uh of how Chris um Clint Eastwood has great trailers that Richard that first Richard Jewell trailer is is so good where he's like crazy good yeah man I still that's one I still haven't seen I haven't seen it either but uh the trailer's yeah. great the trailer is amazing i gotta say i mean the the last star wars trailer is also really good mm-hmm. <laughs> even though like the movie's trash but like, the trailer mm-hmm. john williams doing what john williams does best emotional manipulation emotional manipulation via <laughs> score. um i really love the in the heights trailer mm. was that last year though it came was out that last year. Okay. Sure. Well, that's, yeah. yeah, that's that's a great trailer. Great. That's a, an amazing I trailer. The, I know it's like ten pole, but I thought the Wonder Woman trailer was really good too. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's fucking slaps. Yeah. What else? What else? I mean, like the thing is, and you guys know, I don't really vibe. My my gems are cut. Yeah. Am I opening myself up to hatred? Probably. But um, I thought that trailer was great. Because I was really excited to see it. Man. Uncut gems. Um, that's that's like that's a special movie. That's a very special movie. <laughs> John sure. John Wick three, Booksmart. These are some good trailers. There. Um. Uh, what was the other one? Midsummer. Midsummer. I remember. Very ominous. Oh, Doctor Sleep. Doctor Sleep. That's it. That's the, that's oh, the answer. Doctor. Yeah. That yeah, first yeah. Doctor Sleep trailer is fucking dope with the like at the end the um organ from the shining i can't believe like i asked this question i didn't have an answer but it's little women little women had the best trailer no the trailer was better than most movies that came out this year <laughs> yes yes like, no you I know what that sobbed yeah. my desk at work when i saw it i literally... i remember yeah i remember seeing it that in august year. And just being like, this is why we love movies. Yep. Just like not even having seen it. Like this is why we do the things we do. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> we all love the movies. Yeah. Yeah. Hustler is very good also. Mm-hmm. Hustler's trailer is fucking great. Yeah. Hustler's, yeah. Ooh, the, the Birds of Prey trailer, which yeah. people should see now because I just I'm saw like, it and it's great. Um, that guys, first trailer was great. Can I tell you guys? the most annoying thing in the world well like just this me being a clown basically um i got tickets to the screening a joker 
in New York. A joker, yes. We are all clowns. That sign, that's me right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I got tickets to a screening on Tuesday. And I was going to go. And then I was just like, I woke up on Tuesday morning. And I was like, oh, God, like, I don't really feel like it, you know. And I had a work thing that then got canceled. But then I just was like, screw it. I'm just going to go home. And I told my friend that I was going to bring. I was like, hey, like, do you mind if I cancel? She was like, I already signed up for yoga. Like, I forgot about it. The entire cast was there. Oh, uh, <laughs> no. Oh, you yeah, hate to see it. one time. Journey's wallet. Like, uh, all of them. You hate to see it. Yeah, and it's like, I didn't. Goodness. Uh, I didn't go to the cast premiere either. And then like the whole cast was there. So it's like every time I go to a screening, it's like annoying people there, like with their kids or whatever. Or, and then, like, or it's just like, it's not really a question. It's more of a comment. Ex- yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The one time I did see <laughs> I had a Mark nitpick Ruffalo. about the aspect ratio. <laughs> the one time I did see Mark Ruffalo and uh, Todd Haynes was because I like paid for a screening where they were advertised to have been there. But like, yeah. Yeah, Dark Horse. So next time I get screening tickets, I'm not going to not go. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I got to see Birds of Prey this weekend at some point. It's so good. And speaking uh, of uh, great ensembles. Spotlights ensemble. You should, you 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 had a layup with Mark Ruffalo and you chose ensembles. Yeah, it's the first thing. That, I mean, well, it's the first thing that came to mind. Not Mark Ruff. Like he said, like she just said, yeah, I met Mark Ruffalo, or not met, but saw. Mark I'm not Ruffalo gonna lie about it. Day. I'm not gonna be ignorant and say that the ensemble in Birds of Prey and uh, uh, Spotlight are equally as good. So that's just the connection. But okay, so Ruffalo was nominated for supporting in this. Yes. Yes. And, and he was the uh, only one nominated though. Not McAdams. Was oh no, McAdams was too. Him and McAdams. Yeah. Not Keaton. Yeah, which is weird. I feel like like Brian Cranston over Keaton is a weird nomination. Well, I guess n- none of them are gonna lose to Leah, so I guess it doesn't really. Was Brian Cranston still kind of on his Breaking Bad? Uh, like, no, that show power. ended on 2013, but like he still had that. He's it still, still propelled had him. That power like yeah. over him, yeah. A hundred percent. And that might have, that probably was it. Like that was his first big role since Bat, uh, yeah. Breaking Bad. I, They're like, oh, I give it, a, give it to him. I guess. Uh, but yeah, this was my first. I see him in things. I'm like, oh, he's just gonna get nominated because of Breaking Bad. <laughs> yeah. It's weird. He doesn't have a bigger career. Yeah. Right. Maybe does, I mean he's doing a lot. He's done a lot of theater. Oh okay. Yeah. Yeah, he's played um. Uh, LBJ. Mm-hmm. Yes. And he was nominated. I did think he won a Tony. <clears throat> yeah, he won a Tony. Yeah. Good for him. Good for. I if he just starts has this like a singing career and gets an EGOT. Have you guys ever won Tonys? <laughs> I ever won one. Yeah. Yeah. I've won five. <laughs> right. We've you know that. Um, but I was yeah, I, um, cast. Shit, what was I say? <laughs> yeah, I think Keaton should have gotten in. I think Keaton's great in this movie, but he is playing the, a very, again, another. It's a subtle performance because he's not. Yeah. He doesn't have that one yelly scene like <clears throat> Ruffalo. And that's the one thing that I've seen from this. Actually, they knew, you know. Oh yeah, which is like, good. We let it happen. Yeah, it's it's uh-huh. good. I like how it's the one moment of outburst um should we bring it back to carol see, again 
through dark waters where Mark Ruffalo also screams, they knew. Is, <laughs> is that true? Really? Yeah, I'm pretty sure there. he screams, they knew. Or something. <laughs> but honestly, I have to say, because this is like, I had just seen it when we recorded the Carol episode. And like, justice for that movie. Because that movie is better than so many of the movies that are nominated. It's very good. And he's really good in it. And that's all I have to say about that. David Sims really sticks up for it. What? David Sims really sticks up for it. It's a good movie. It's, you know. I'm dying. I'm dying to watch it. I feel so bad for not seeing it in theaters. I feel like legitimately awful for it. Like, I was looking. This movie, Spotlight, made almost $100 at the box office. Which, which is crazy. Which is crazy, but it cause it it came out in November, which was when Dark Waters came out, and Dark Waters made like twenty eight, maybe, maybe. Yeah. 30. Which like these are the kind of movies that used to just make like a hundred fifty million with like without you know promotion, <laughs> you know they just like yeah people would just I agree because they were interested in them, and now it's just kind of like uh. <sighs> It's yeah. unfortunate. Yeah, it's Not weird. It's almost gross. Yeah. It's it's weird that this grossed like half of it. Gro- it made half of its money basically from overseas, which is weird. It made more overseas than it did domestic. That's kind of spotlight. Uh, it's incredibly <laughs> strange. It must have been the cast. But also like. You talk about something like the Catholic Church, like it's such a universal, uh, yeah. you know, institution. So it's such a Boston movie, though. I guess that's the thing. Mm. It's like so inside Boston. Yeah. And I mean, it's not the worst symptom of being a, bo- a capital B Boston. I found because it's so much more um, about the nuts and bolts of this whole true story than it is about the location. It just ha- so happens to to be in Boston and to have this whole thing centered around that location. It could have been in Philly, and I don't think it would make that much of an impact. Yeah, I think if it was in New York, it'd be different. But like the com- the same, it's the same kind of community thing. Yeah, yeah. Where like there's this network, and it it also adds to like how. The idea of everyone in the neighborhood knows because Boston is very much tighter than most like it is city, city cultures. It's much yeah. more like everyone knows everyone kind of thing. And so mm-hmm. the idea of everyone holding on to the same secret when they could have said something is like is definitely I think it, it's really highlighted in the film, which I think is important because. I mean the I mean the whole thing of like the plot is to root out like root out the systemic issues, and I feel like the film is also trying to do that in the sense of it's not trying to just say it was the Catholic Church's fault. It was kind of all of our faults. We're all responsible. Everybody. It, exactly. Everybody. And I think name, like when you don't say anything, which yeah. could be applied to like everything. Yeah, definitely. And I think that I I, I think the movie. The movie, I don't think it goes out of its way to say that. I just think it it kind of addresses the whole thing, but without taking on too much. Um, yeah. And I I really respect that, honestly. The fact that it's so unsexy about everything, I think it makes it even. It just makes it even more impressive to me. I, I found it riveting, um, which is, it's no, it's no surprise. Um, 
that it's you can make something this exciting and not have the uh, the information be anything that revolutionary. Yeah, because like it's about them exposing it, I guess, for the first time, like universally and publicly. But it's not something that anyone who saw it then didn't know was a thing. Yeah, like who actually saw the movie. So it's not like you're like, oh my god. <laughs> it's the same with Dark Waters, like, yeah. <laughs> even though maybe for me, just because, like, and, like, probably for you, like, I don't think we were really alive when it happened or when it first started, you know, with, like, Teflon or whatever, but uh, it, it's, like, a universal thing mm-hmm. in the world that affects everybody. It's it, crazy to think that there was some point that people don't know something. Yeah. That's it's, like, so the, um, now. Yeah. Um, I thought it the movie Doubt a lot when viewing this. Have you guys seen Doubt? Yeah. Yeah. Where it's like um, these, where it's like Doubt is almost like it could make a good compare, like a sister film to this. Yeah, it's a much, it's the same kind of idea on a very, a much smaller scale. Yeah. Because it's looking at like a specific situation and yeah, there are specific situations in Spotlight, but is more about like the general like oh like look at how many times this happened and yeah. it was covered up everywhere yeah so. i just remember this was very um chilling and um i went to catholic middle school mm-hmm. in Haverhill, mass where they actually name drop at one point wow so it actually yeah like it was pretty it's pretty weird um and I just remember as a kid, like, they treated priests like a third parent. Mm-hmm. Um, and I related to the scene where they w- had the first of the victims come in. And he's like, are you guys Catholic? And and they were all kind of like, I once was, but not really anymore. <laughs> I kind of was, I kind of yeah. felt the same way. Um, and yeah, like the priests when we were kids, they were just so wise and and they just had such authority without showing it too much and they were friendly without being over friendly and I I just I felt like I I could I mean not to sound like Ruffalo but I could be in that situation yeah in elementary school I went to Catholic school my whole life oh yeah yeah pre-k to eighth grade down the road from my house and uh and then I went to an all-girls Catholic high school and then I went to Jesuit college so I've been around priests my entire life like at my elementary slash middle school there were no priest teachers but like the church was literally connected to the school so we were constantly in church having mass all that stuff and and then I had like deacons and priests teachers as a in a high school and college Mm -hmm. but yeah it's just it's kind of surreal and it's like the knowledge that knowledge has always almost been there basically that this is something that happens and uh so it's like I can't imagine like not knowing that exactly and like you like not knowing something about this institution that you place so much faith in and so much like belief in and stake kind of people stake their lives on this yeah and it's like I'm still a faithful person, mm-hmm. but like you know, you have to be able to doubt. No, mm-hmm. like unintended, I guess, but you have to be able to doubt these institutions you like 
put mm-hmm. them on a pedestal because otherwise then it's just blind faith and that's unhealthy scary yeah. and unhealthy and not us good. irish irish catholic kids were we must be related yeah probably, <laughs> probably in some way that's a labor <laughs> joke my parents are both from ireland like the yeah. they're like so um like, uh, it was like the priests were like you know they're like if you don't behave <clears throat> getting the stick or whatever you know? see I, it's funny i hear that a lot and i remember my middle school priests they were just so or at least maybe because i wasn't the, the kid that would get in trouble a lot yeah um can, is that hard to believe no they um you you must have been a bad kid <laughs> yeah yeah sticking bubble gum under the desk yeah so i mean they would just come in and like check up on us and and sort of like i don't know they would they they would just feel like adults like if you're picturing an adult as a kid like a priest would be number one right next to teachers and your parents so it's it's really role models yeah role models yeah so it's just really scary to put myself in the victim's shoes yeah I think you guys talk about touch on something that's actually in the movie. In this, uh, I mean, in the eyes of like, it could have been us. Um, in the like, when you guys were going to Catholic school and stuff, there's the scene where um, Michael Keaton, Rachel McAdams are meeting with the alum, the school alumni or the people in charge of the school Keaton went to, and he's talking with an old friend, and he's like, "What sport did you play in school? Uh, I played football." And, like, well, the guy who I just talked to who just broke down crying and played hockey. And the priest was the coach of hockey. So, and he has this line to re- delivery. It was like, I guess we just got lucky. Mm-hmm. And it is so impactful. And the guy who's, who, and the guy who's listening just, like, he he's, like, just, he just got hit with, like, a fucking sledgehammer. He just, like, kind of yeah. steps yeah. back and he's like, holy <clears throat> shit. And it's just, and that's like, the this guy huge that he moment. Was, he was at his house, right? That's that character. No, no, no different guy different guy different guy you went who to school it? with um yeah the guy who we went who who um the guy who went to his house is jim the other guy i forget but it's oh, just right, jim, of course um but like it was just like this his line to read just delivering like how he looks him into the eyes and into his eyes and just like kind of appeals to him as a human in that sense it wasn't you know they stopped talking about the systemic issues or what you who should who should be responsible or whatever he just kind of told him what happened he was on the hockey team. We could have been there. And so I guess we were just lucky. And those in wow. and, and it's just oh my god. It's just all there's these like incredible line deliveries and these it's emotional moments that it just it really makes the movie so <laughs> humanizing, but also like really really emotional. And but not but it doesn't make you like sob or anything it, it just more of like a sobering um it sobering inspirit i don't know and it like stays with you like mm-hmm. you know there are movies that i sob at and then i 10 minutes later i'm like happy and smiling and like thinking about something else there are movies that stay with you and and like impact you like in your soul and because mm-hmm. it's real and it's reality and it's a real story and, like, I was just watching this clip of Ethan Hawke. I think he was on Colbert. And he was talking yeah. about how Paul Schrader says that a great movie starts. Did you? one of you guys send it to me? I didn't. Just see it. I, maybe. maybe. But I saw it on Twitter. I either sent it to you or Kyle Amato. 
So, but it, I mean, you've seen it. So you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Basically, a great movie starts when, when the credits roll and when you walk out because it stays with you and it becomes a part of you. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's so true. And that's what's so true of Spotlight and probably why Spotlight won Best Picture because it is so harrowing and so, you know, raw. And it's just like, I mean, this, this isn't just priests, <clears throat> not yeah. just the Catholic Church. It's institutions like, I mean, look at what happened at Penn State. With Sandusky. Like, that's the same kind of thing. It's the same, you know, system failing people because it's easier just to brush it under the rug. Fox News. We were just talking about Bombshell before we were recording. Like, it's the same. Why? What's wrong with Fox News? Oh, boy. Oh, boy. (laughs) I don't don't get it. Yeah, but. With Bombshell is is a, a smaller thing to say a lot. But um, I but think yeah. the emotional poignancy is what keeps it from becoming self-parody totally. or at least like um, what I, I also thought of the post. I um, the post. The post is good. I think what keeps me from loving it is like Spielberg's. I mean, like the post and I hate to keep graphing on Spielberg. I just realized. But um <laughs> I mean, he's Spielberg. He doesn't need my... Anyway, but, like, I don't know. Sometimes he's in love with heroism, and I found and I find that kind of distracting. Um, he, he's He's got a, a flair and a... Yeah, like a goodwill. And, and really, really, like, yeah. Like, yeah, and I don't I think th- Spotlight ever gets there, so I, I really congratulate that. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's definitely... It res- it's restraint. Um, in a lot of ways. But also, I think the difference between The Post and Spotlight for me is, one, the emotional spine. There's not this real, like, emotional, deep, emotional spine in The Post. It's basically more of a story of, like, ethics and this is good, this is bad. Mm-hmm. Um, we need to protect journalism. But there's not this, like, human connection, really. I mean, maybe sometimes of Meryl and how she has to interact with other, um, the the other board members of The Post or whatever. But the thing with the reason why Spotlight is so great, it's just so humane. There's these this moment, these quiet moments of pure humanity in like the reason why I think Rachel McAdams quietly gives maybe the best performance of the movie is because of literally her just listening, the, the shots of her listening to the um, Phil Sarvino or whatever his name is, the snap survivor um, who comes in with like the books and his box of resources and stuff those cuts those uh, cuts to a close-up of mcadams just looking at him like nodding her head listening to him talk is so extraordinary because one she acts like a real reporter but she has this empathy to her face or like to her like her listening and her nodding her head that's so it's sobering it's spiritual in a sense where Mm -hmm. she's just connecting with someone on a human level yeah, very empathetic and actor. Yeah. It's she's so incredible in this movie just by nodding her head at moments, just very listening. Oh, mm-hmm. it's and like she's being an actual reporter. Like that's the thing is the I love how all the actors are at listening because that's what a lot of time reporters are. They're just listening to what people are saying. They're listening to the facts. They're listening to the stories. And I think all the actors do a great job with that. And I think it, it but it's just humanity highlighted it highlighted in whether it be McAdams performance, the story overall, or like the sense of community, I think is what makes this movie so special and what makes it better than movies like The Post, even though I like that movie. But I think that's what 
elevates a movie like this because if it was any other like style or any other style or director in a sense or screenplay or actors this would be a very meat and potatoes movie that would you you would watch the end of it like that was really good at least now i know that now it was educational and then you leave but this is so this is so human going back to like the departed i think if the post hadn't been directed i don't want to go back to the departed well just for a minute just a quick (laughs) um (laughs) <laughs> if the post hadn't been directed by Spielberg and hadn't been Merrill and Tom Hanks and you know all these heavyweights, like I don't know if that would have been nominated for mm-hmm. Best Picture. Like that's was certainly I think the True. Ford v Ferrari of this year. Yeah, no, the that's fact that it's point. like last one in, first one out kind of thing. Um, yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, um, I, McAdams makes me really appreciate Ruffalo more because Ruffalo, who we've we've danced around he's doing a character like he's adding affectations and he's like, he has his hands in his pockets and like the belt holes and he's got like a bad haircut. Like he's doing a lot. And um, there's a lot of business. He, he's like going for a jog. Like it's, it's good stuff. Um, it's great stuff. Yeah. I, I, I appreciate that. It's not Keaton, Darcy James and McAdams all doing like character work that he's doing like he's the only one i didn't find distracting as much as i could have right. in a lesser yeah. hands yeah i agree uh, yeah he's definitely the most like he has the most personality and i think you do need that for uh, you need that drive and that frustration and that like um ambition in some parts of this movie just so you can propel the plot and make sure the pace like he helps the pacing along in the sense of he's just driving at it so much um, yeah. when like, but like Keaton's character is like slow down and that's, the, and that's like the fun dynamic is like one character is trying to slow down the movie. One's trying to speed it up. And that's what it makes conflict. <laughs> yeah. I, I, that's why I want to see it so bad. Just cause I'm yeah. like, like, if he's like, if he's, I also, this move and I don't, maybe this is a uh, crazy talk, but like, it's very, I feel like Todd Haynes has a similar style or approach to the way like this kind of this kind of directing nothing too flashy these really I, nice sweeping camera movements this, I disagree. like oh these these wide sh- these really like like these empathetic wide shots i feel like we're just like how do i say this i don't know i think they approach the i, I approach the the idea of not doing the most over the top thing i think todd haynes is much more stylish and much more um detail oriented but i do think there's this idea of letting the actors and the story speak for itself ball so uh cutting to that that really empathetic or uh humane moment in the sense of uh, a reaction shot or a wide shot of all the characters grouped together mm-hmm. i think that i don't really, not making a good comparison but i think i don't know i felt that idea of this this like the like the I don't know telling a story without necessarily overindulging yourself, but approaching it to making these characters more human. I think you're right and you're wrong. Todd Haynes, like we said in the Carol episode, he has two modes that he can fluctuate in, and his Dark Waters mode is what's going to get him an Oscar, I think, someday. Not like the I'm not there and safe. And um, oh, what's another artier like? Uh, Restrained. 
um yeah no, uh, far from heaven even i feel like that's that's sort of like like those things are something that is kind of polarizing just because it tackles taboo subjects um not like dark waters and I, I, yeah i feel like he's more mainstream with the mode he's in with dark waters from what it seems i haven't seen it but yeah, I think you guys you guys would like it. Yeah, <laughs> that's I, what we're I, I, gonna conclude. I'm, I'm like really. It, I feel like that. I'm pumped for it's it. Kind of like a solo Ruffalo against the world nice. kind of thing, rather than like the team, you know. So it's like him, sure. like like the Hulk without the Avengers. Oh, interesting. Love and it. you had me at Bill Camp. So. <laughs> oh my God, he's so good. Ah, oh. please. He's so good. He's just heartbreaking. Ugh. I could watch him read the phone book. <laughs> Truly. Yeah. yeah. With like a Benoit Blanc southern accent on Bill Camp. Knives out. Mm. Um, so we, we should talk about some of the um, other supporting actors. Because this, this has a cast. I mean, you mm. got A Touch of the Tooch. You got Sam yes. Tucci. Yes. You got... John Slattery as Ben Bradley Jr., Tom Hanks' son, basically. Tom Hanks plays uh, Ben Bradley in The yeah. Post, which is the father of Ben Bradley Jr., who is Jason John Robert Slattery played... in the spotlight. Wait, you're telling Robert's me that Ben Man. Bradley is Ben Bradley Jr.'s dad? <laughs> Sorry, that was me. <laughs> no, no, that's, that's, that's that fair. That was completely that's... valid. Um, Lee Schreiber. Kind of, have you heard the kind of shit that play polls sometimes it's oh the, Mr. I, I don't know what you mean what are you talking about the whole, <laughs> play you're fantastic don't listen to him thank you we're all we're all very guilty yeah, uh, yeah. i think we should all well, admit we got our we got our main man leave schreiber yeah. rocking a fantastic beard rest in peace ray donovan yeah right ray donovan's cancellation shocks millions it's like, truly, I, I saw my mom and I was like, Mom, I have something to tell you. She's like, what? I was yeah. like, they canceled Ray Donovan. And it, like, took her a second. And she was like, what? Yeah. Like, why? What? What? Why would they do that? Why would they do that? <laughs> and then she was like, Alice is going to be so upset. And that's like my cousin. And I was like, what? And she's, like, younger. She's, like, in her, like, 40s. And my mom's like, she's obsessed with it. I was like, why are the most random people obsessed with Ray Donovan? Like, right. It is a weird show. It has been persisted in a strange phenomenon. Yeah. Indeed, but was beloved by many. And it's like we live in the time of so many TV shows, like too much TV. And the fact that we're so obsessed with Ray Donovan is very funny. Yeah. That there's a small subset. The shows, the shows that are most popular tell us what our real culture is. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's why we shouldn't be surprised when the Oscars are a shit show. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's true. It's true. But yeah, Liev is pretty good in this. I like He's great. Someone that's good. like an outsider. I love him with the, his glasses. Yeah. And the outsider has is the one that has to enforce the... Um, the power of, of this mm-hmm. and i love how they talk about that in um 
what scene? I think he talks about it with the pre uh, with the cardinal when he meets him for the first meeting. He talk they talk about like how an outsider um, is the one who wait what what scene is that when they out like when they're not talking about Liv but like they're talking about how an outsider is the one to get things done. Mm. He's the one. To, I think it was Tucci, right? Well, yeah. If you don't have a connection, yeah. It's... Yes. Yes, it was too cheap when he yeah. was uh, he was talking about his rich. Armenian heritage. But he, oh, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was so good. It's really good. I should give a shout out um, to this, not even like scene, but line when John Slattery brings a pizza to Mark Ruffalo. <laughs> <laughs> and he n- name drops this place where this pizza is from called Santarpias, and I shit you guys not, it is the best pizza you will ever have. Oh, it is wow. Number one, it is life-changing. It will cure cancer. Oh. Um, um, this is pizza from Boston. <laughs> I, I, it's the best in the world. You were talking I, to a New Yorker. You um, do have to realize that. I, just, I was so excited... Here. I'm that just, made that's show. all I'm gonna say. I'm just I'm from New York, so like I don't believe you, but okay. <laughs> you got some validity, but it, it's it's better. You know. <laughs> it's fine. No, I get it. No, I. I'll be in Boston in July, so maybe I'll go. Mm, well, maybe. 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 That's for sure. <laughs> um, but yeah, the fact that he's like, <laughs> but it's like it could be from anywhere. Like it it could be like. It, it could be like a Domino's box, but it's like the fact that he got it from Santarfius Pizza was just so, so rad. Yeah. Was that your Avengers Assemble moment? Yes. Yeah. It's like Santarfius. Yes. <laughs> it's like jumped up and like, yeah. <laughs> Let's go. Standing on the chair. Ugh. Yeah. Just pumping your fist. Um, I love experience every time I go to the movies. And then Ruffalo folds it in half like Green Book. Oh, no. no, no, no. Bad. Bad, no. Jack. No, 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 bad. No, no, no. Bad. Okay. The low-hanging no. fruit no. is... No, you, you don't talk anymore. We had Non-existent. No. to the Green Book reference. It hasn't Jack, been a year, guys. It, it has really been hasn't. Well, we're going to cover it before we cover, like... You know the master. Like you know, we're gonna have to cover it soon, and it's not yeah, really like, fun. Have it on. Uh, a friend of mine, uh, Jason Sneed. Oh, does he like it? No. Well, no. Actually, well, actually, you know what? He doesn't mind it as much as other people, though. But he I hasn't mean, watched. Yeah, you probably get like a devil's advocate person. So you yeah. Argue. He won't be a huge devil's advocate since he under because he recognizes the criticisms and kind of agrees with it. But he's only seen it once. He said he'll probably hate it on rewatch, but he liked it the first time. Oh God, I don't know if I could put myself through that again. I we have to. We have to. I'm I'm just not looking forward to it. I had this experience in the theater where I went with three of my friends and I sat with one of them and then my other two friends sat across the aisle from us. We thought they were next to each other, but there was like an aisle. And so I'm like, it's like 40 minutes in, right? And it's a packed theater in January of last year. And <laughs> everyone <laughs> cracking up, the pizza folding, oh. all that stuff, mm-hmm. everything. Hey, fried chicken, you never had it, blah, blah, blah. Hey, what you going to yeah. do? Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. 
And I'm like, I'm not looking at my friends across the aisle. I'm not looking at my friend next to me. I'm just kind of looking at the screen. And then at one point, I'm finally like, let me look and see like what their reaction is. And I look over at them and they're both looking at me like, <laughs> like, <laughs> what are we watching? I'm so bored. I'm it so was, incredibly like, bored. And like the people in front of us, behind us, loved it. Ate it up for breakfast. Mm-hmm. So I was like, but. The amount of relief, too. Like, imagine if you looked at your friends and they were just like cackling. Yeah, I know it is true. But I, I honestly like wasn't worried too much. But I was also like, is this in my head that this is just awful? Yeah. Like, we should have paid more attention when it won the audience award. What about if me and Jack rewatch it and we're like, you know what? I think <laughs> right. people are wrong about this. This you is pretty what? good. Kind of holds up. You know, I think we were kind of wrong about this one, guys. I learned a lot about race. Yeah. And I, I think it's really intelligently well made. I oh, we're not we're different, but we're not so different. You know? Right. Fairly won- should have gotten in director. Oh, yeah, that's one of audience award. It won the Toronto Audience Award. It did, yeah. Yeah. And that's what Jojo Rabbit won too, right? It did, yes. Mm-hmm. That's like a pattern here, guys. <laughs> right. Like, yeah. Oh, like, yeah, let's forgive racism and you know, extreme Nazism. What if Sam Rockwell played Viggo Mortensen's part in Green Book? What if Sam Rockwell didn't play a Nazi? That's for, a good point. For oh. once in his life. Well, okay, I haven't seen Richard Jewell, but like... I, I hear he's good in Richard Jewell, actually. Yeah, I mean, he's a great... He's good doctor. in all of it. He's in yeah, yeah. bad roles. I mean, I don't know. Just like, he just loves playing Nazis. Three Billboards wasn't the best Oscar win possible. No. no, no, just in like the character, not his obviously. But yeah, I heard someone yeah. say on a podcast recently that like he won for that, and then he was nominated for um, Vice. Vice, mm. and he's better in Richard Jewell than he is in like all of them. Mm-hmm. So I believe that. Yep. I think uh, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not looking for today. We have to talk about three bills. Because that's such a trick we did talk about. Um, I mean, yeah. you don't have to, because it didn't win Best Picture. No, we don't have to. But yeah, but it feels like, like a movie we would. To. Yeah, and it it was kind of a front runner for a while. Mm-hmm. We'll probably actually have to talk about it because it goes. We're probably going to have to talk about it in the context of Shape of Water winning and stuff like that. But um, True. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we'll kind of mention it. Yeah. But um, what was I gonna? Oh, I, there's a, this is the question that I had during the entire film. Who's the lead for Spotlight? Spotlight. Is there well, a lead? The paper. Is there a lead actor in this? I mean, Keaton probably. But I think Ruffalo has more screen time than Keaton. And I think, I think it's Ruff- that they campaigned him in supporting. But not really, because it's such an ensemble that I think you could make a case that. Either co-support, like I don't know, I don't. There's not one person for the movie. I think in hindsight now it's Ruffalo. Yeah. At the time, but it, it might was, have not felt like that. Yeah, that's a good point. It, it's like point. at the time it was Keaton because I think mm-hmm. coming know, off of Birdman. Coming off yes. of Birdman, exactly. That's and exactly. like Ruffalo then continue, you know, was already like having uh, like success was obviously in Marvel and everything, but then it's like then Marvel like you know, really became what it is. And he's like 
a megastar and is also like I so much so that I think people forget how good of an actor he is. Yeah. And like something like Dark Waters gets slept on because he's, you know, was just an endgame. We like, just take him stuff. for granted. Yeah. We do we do take Mark Ruffalo for granted. Like yeah. absolutely we do. <laughs> um but yeah, I think if people like watched it now, they'd be like, Oh, Mark Ruffalo. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Superstar, like you know Superstar he's great movie. like we love him blah 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 so and and plus the fact that he's such an activist in his own life like i know i talked about this when i talked about dark waters but like also like you know he makes things that he's passionate about because he wants stories to be out there like i would before i got on the phone with you guys i was like oh like let me open instagram and first thing was like mark ruffalo celebrating dark waters in london with my brothers todd and you know, the guy he plays is there yeah. with him. So he's just like... A he's not going to take just nothing roles. And no, you have to admire an actor for that, yeah. 100%, yeah. What does he have coming up? Let me look up. Let me look it up. Oh, interesting. Dark Waters 2. Mini series <laughs> coming up where he plays twins. Emmy for Ruffalo. Oh, Emmy yeah, that's Ruffalo. right. Doing that hashtag right now. Yeah. He is playing, yeah, that's right. And it's this new trend, apparently. Like, James Franco and the Deuce, Paul Rudd and his new show. Um, Did you guys watch that? No, I hear it's good. It's good. It's, my mom and I watched it. It's quick. It's, like, really quick. Yeah. It goes too easy. And it's Paul Rudd, you know? You just, like, but it's not great. (laughs) You know, it's fine. It's saying a lot of obvious things and a lot of, you know, Mm -hmm. but it's good. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't know if it'll get a season two. We'll see. Um, yeah, no, I love Ruffalo. I, I, he's one of the more likable actors. Mm. Period, Absolutely. Because he's, he's just so genuine in everything he does, which is hard to come by. Um, yeah. Um, I, uh, I was looking up headlines from when Spotlight won to see like kind of what the consensus was. There's a variety headline that I like, which is, why Spotlight's best picture win is a triumph of excellence over ego. Mm. Yes, it's a very, it, there's no ego in that movie. There's yeah. none. The, the director, because we were talking about this, how the director restrains him, like Tom McCarthy restrains himself into not really having the name of the movie. And there's no real lead, and Keaton doesn't overstay his welcome. And so, yeah, it's such an egoless movie. All of these actors are so giving. And yeah. so subtle that it's just yeah that's that's a perfect way to describe it. Mm-hmm. And you read two one this year, right? Yep. Yeah. There's a great photo of Mark Ruffalo, and I'm I'm guessing it's Tom McCarthy, but it's from behind him. And mm-hmm. when they and then they're standing up and they're like ah like shocked. <laughs> you know, uh, speaking of that Oscars night, I love this gif of like Michael Keaton going to accept. Um, the best picture win and he's like he's like this like he's so amped yeah. to get up there like two times in a row but yeah that's what <laughs> like I of course like why wouldn't it. you be but i also like that too and you're so right what you said clay because from like just a quick skim of the first paragraph of that article that's what it's saying is that like none of the actors are, are doing anything like huge and showy necessarily other than like ruffalo kind of in at the towards the end when he's like they knew as we've talked <laughs> right. um but it's that they also so excited that the movie won and obviously like you get up there you're excited that your movie won if you're in the movie but it just felt very much like they cared about it you know that's just that just kind of was the 
the energy that I felt from them like yeah. that whole season was that it was like this was something special and this was like something important and a story that needed to be told and and they all kind of felt that way and that's when you kind of make something special when everyone is in the right headspace everyone is you know working for the same thing and you pointed out that before we recorded no one was upset about this win mm-hmm. and that's very rare you know yeah. especially now um as we yeah. get closer to Sunday, you can, I can't. You can sense just dread. Yeah. Everyone. And I've um, seen a lot of like one take gimmicks associated with 1917. I just saw a tweet that said Ford v Ferrari should win best picture because I feel like everyone would be happy at the end of the day because everyone would be so shocked. Yeah. That they'd be yes. like, at least it was a surprise. So would I. <laughs> but, yeah, and there's no, there's not much discourse behind it. No, there's none. Yeah. Except vroom vroom. Vroom vroom. Yeah. Um, no, but yeah, yeah it sucks because like 1917 is a good movie. I think. Yeah. It's a great movie. I enjoyed it a lot. I enjoyed it. it. Me, it affected me, you know. And like, if it wins, it wins. But it also it sucks that it'll feel like a disappointment for most Compared people. Compared to what it's up against. Exactly, just because Parasite is so special and Parasite would mean so much for the Academy, I think. It's hurt 1918's legacy. Yes, exactly. It's like it's like with the King's Speech. The Oscars need Parasite yeah. way more than Parasite needs the Oscars. Parasite needs the Oscars, 100%, because yeah. Parasite's legacy is going to be incredible and amazing. And, like, yeah, it just sucks. It's just, it's, you're stuck between a rock and a hard place a bit because people, you know, in the Academy are probably voting and are probably like, I loved Parasite, but, you know, it's going to win best foreign film. So, or screenplay. Why, you know, and screenplay. So, like, why should I bother? Uh, <sighs> I still have it. I still do. And I don't, and I think, it, I, I, yeah, I, I think it has a chance. Um, it definitely has a chance. Well, yeah, I, I mean, I, I think it, ha- I don't think it has the best chance, but I just have it in my gut that it's going to win. Yeah, but, but we'll see. I don't know. We need something. Yeah. They need to give us something. Also, that <laughs> that Oscar ballot that the Academy Twitter feed. Oh, jeez, yeah. That was so funny. Every, people were like, wait, what, what, wait, what's happening? Yeah, quite Can a just announce it? Classic Oscar one, shit, yeah. The only one that seemed like not a lock was the Parasite winning Best Picture. Mm. The rest well, of them all seemed like what's going to happen. So. Yeah. I I don't know. That, I, again, like, I, I still think it's, it's like, it's very, very likely than what I would have suspected when I won the Palme d'Or. We could put it that way. Yeah. Definitely. Um, I just so, want to be happy. Yeah. Don't we all? <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I, I really, I think that going back to like the egoless thing of the movie, I think that also adds to the surprise of it winning because mm-hmm. usually egos win, yeah. egos win movie, uh, win Oscars and it's, yeah, it's just odd that it was, and that might have to do something with a prefer- preferential ballot. But it was just fascinating that that movie was just like there's not this dominant force. It wasn't like the it wasn't Fox Searchlight or well, 
I'm sorry about to say this, but the Weinstein company, it wasn't this like aggressive campaign from mm. this mega conglomerate or whatever. It was just like a steady campaign with like, I mean, nothing like not crazy. Like Mark Ruffalo is popular. Michael Keaton's popular. But these aren't like a, you know, um, a status stars. You know what I mean? Like, it's not they're, they're, like exactly in the public sense. But in Hollywood, like they're A-list people, but a little bit more like maybe not as out there in the public eye. They're more respected than popular. Yes, definitely. And, and, I, and, and so it's in, in like the director is just someone who no one really has an opinion about. Like the dude made the fucking cobbler, the Adam Sandler movie that doesn't exist. Like it's weird. But the station won. agent like won the uh, critics choice at Sundance, I think. Oh, interesting. But you guys wouldn't suspect the station agent director would go on to make a best picture winner. Yeah. I've never heard of the station yeah. agent before, so no. Peter Dinklage, I think. But I think, I mean, I think we've said this in, in not so many words and maybe in so many words at this point, but it's like, it's very important what the topic's about. And I don't think it was that was lost on anyone. And it's an important movie to be made, but it doesn't kind of bask in that. Mm-hmm. You know, it just let it lets itself, it lets the movie like do the talking yeah. or the story do the talking rather than the movie being like okay well like let's wrap up now which i think dark waters kind of falls prey to a little bit then at the end you know where you get you know in certain movies like that where you get like a voiceover being like you know be the change you wish to see in the world (laughs) you know um like with bombshell you know at the end (sighs) sorry to bring it up again i'm sorry but it you know at the end it's like yeah empowering and and whatever but it really like I mean, for me personally, I think you too, Clay. It just like left me feeling empty and not empowered at all. Whereas, you know, it was a crock list, of shit. The list of um, yes, obviously, we know this. The list of churches um, oh, at the yeah. end. Oh, like, it's I think so that sobering. really hit. It says so hard. much that, without yeah. without any words. Yeah, it um, it's, it hurts, but it's just kind of like. It really shows you that they, they make this. I kind of love that though because it mean well, I mean I love it, but it's the it shows you the scale of the problem. Even though the movie was very local, just mm-hmm. crazy. It started that end credits instantly gives the movie a whole nother like realm of importance mm-hmm. by just those credits. It, it it like it, um. The movie now like explodes with, or not like uh, expands its um its reach like ten times more just by those by those by those end credits, mm-hmm. which is pretty crazy. Absolutely. Yeah. You forgot yeah, to mention I, uh, Billy Crudup in the support in the supporting cast. Yeah, I wanted to mention him. He plays a dick, and he's great. I well, what I love about that character yeah. is like he's friends with Keaton, and he's like he's like kind of friendly with um, Rachel McAdams and progressively as they keep on intruding with his office, he's like, guys, what is this? (laughs) And and he's, um, and then it's that realization of like, this thing has just been buried under so many years of, of like neglect and kind of the church doing nothing to about it, to stop it and just, putting them on sick leave and feeling like it's taken care of. And like, like uh, Keaton says, a few bad apples, right? Sending them to different parishes. Yeah. To just do it all over again. Right. 
This that. would be an interesting double feature of the two popes because that's like that's the main. Mm. I mean, besides the corruption yep. with, um, because the the reason why uh, I, I forget the pope, but the reason why Anthony Hopkins Pope is Benedict. in real life was uh, Benedict Pope Benedict. The reason why he was pushed out of the church was the controversy, but in the main one was the corruption in the church and the money stuff. But another big part was the. You know the pedophile, uh, the um, pedophile scandals, mm-hmm. and there's that scene where, um, uh, oh my God, I can't remember any of the popes' names, but the two popes, the titular two popes, uh, talk about like That's what right. they did wrong with, the, yeah, exactly with the um, sexual predators and moving them to different parishes, and so there's this like kind of this grappling with the idea of first it's tackling the system and then it's the system reacting. Right. And it's, um, yeah, it's crazy that, like, that's, like, that's happened. And also, the crazier thing is, it's not been totally addressed. Oh, there was something about this recently, wasn't yeah, there? Yeah, exactly. Wait, isn't their names not Anthony Hopkins Pope and uh, Jonathan Price Pope? Oh, God. I would that, think. That was the delay. That, that was, was just in, in the script. Oh, boy. That was a delayed joke. The two Let's... popes are so cute. I love them. Yeah. <laughs> They're so they great. Cute. They're popes. great. I mean, but they're just also, it's Anthony Hopkins and Jonathan Price. Like, they're wonderful at what they do. Mm. And what if speaking of taking for granted? Yeah. It's got to plug um, it. But, Crud- yeah, Crudup is great in this. Um, I think, mm. I mean, all the actors are good. I mean, Brian Darcy. Well, well shows up. Um, well, like, uh, Bryce, Brian Darcy James. Um, a lot of different character in, like, actors. Everything he's in. Brian Darcy James. Brian Darcy, yeah. What's he been in? Um, he's in. Well, he's in a lot of TV, but okay. he was in Thirteen Reasons Why, and he was. He was great. in Bombshell. He was in Bombshell. Yeah, That's yeah, right. yeah. He, he's the guy in the hotel in DC who like. Tell oh. a female reporter that like he just wants to key to her hotel room. Yeah. Oh God. But he's yeah. also like a big Broadway guy. Like he's, I've seen him in, I saw him in, uh, something rotten. He's, he's really really talented. But yeah, he's great. I, I love. I love. Up, he shows up in these little roles and these like big movies ensemble usually, but. He's a scene stealer for sure. Man. Yeah, I mean the whole idea of his, the tre- I love the touch of the treatments. One of the treatment centers being right next to his house, and he yeah. runs out in the middle of the night, and like there's and it's one take of him just like of uh getting in front of the house and just being mortified. Yeah, it's so good because that drives home the urgency and like the like the kind of. The craziness of it all is like it's all around us. Mm-hmm. We've all we're all responsible. We're all turning a blind eye. We're all and this danger is surrounding us without us even talking about it. Yeah. And how scary that is. But it's also just like it's such a trust thing too. Like you trust in people to protect you in every aspect of your life. You know, you trust like and this is just like little things. You trust the train to get you to work safely or you trust your car or your, you know and your uber driver or you trust 
you know, your teacher to teach you the right things. You trust your parents to guide you correctly. And so many people trust their priests for guidance about every aspect of their life, especially when you're like a young kid growing up and like feeling lost or feeling just completely like aimless. It's like you place your trust in someone and they betray that trust and an institution betrays the trust of like millions of people. And it's like where you turn to, you know, and a lot of people rather than like accepting it and then like losing that kind of thing to have faith in, they'd rather just kind of ignore it than lose their anchor in a way. And that's why like so many people turned and it's not an excuse, but it's like the reason why, especially because it's so rampant in the church, because the church is so the church is what it is, the Catholic church and religion is what it is. So it's very unsavory circumstances. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. And I feel like we're making progress, even if it's small progress in like the bravery in coming forward. Yeah. Yeah. But then it's just like these powerful institutions that have more power, you know, yeah. like, and not to spoil bombshell or anything, but like, obviously like, you know, it's not all sunshine and rainbows at Fox news now. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, you cut off one head and one grows in its place or three more grow in its place. And it takes a lot more to take down something that is has built up their business or their whatever upon like these injustices. It sucks. Yep. I think, and I think that's what the movie recognizes too. The idea of like they have, they literally have a plot point where you know Mark Ruffalo wants to run the story now and get written like um and um blast few of these priests that he has evidence of they you know or like this one situation where they have evidence that they fucked uh, the uh, catholic church knew and of course it's that famous you know they knew scene um (laughs) but and that but michael keaton's like if we do that they can put a band-aid over this much easier we have to hit them where it hurts we have to literally gut the institution or like we have to highlight the 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 huge systematic uh, systematic um, disease the in the um, infection that's mm-hmm. in the, in this institution we have to we have to put a, a magnifying glass to it or we're not going to get anything done yeah. and I think and I love how that movie is like yeah that's how this it hurts but that's like and it's going to be hard but that's how you make any progress like you have to do the work and you have to you have to show it surrounds us. It's the culture. It's um, it's not just this one person. It's the people who enable the, those uh, that person. It's the people who oppress these victims and keep them from coming out. It's the yeah. people who defend blindly, defend ignorantly, defend these institutions because they're because they have the, they have these trust placed into them and they need they need their lives to make sense and have and not be real they need that comfort of trust of blindly trusting and having faith into an institution and people in a sense we never like we never want to hear the ugly truths that what humans can do and what us as people can do because we always want to believe that no one's capable of this or that but and then when we do realize those truths we like to put it off oh it's just that one person Mm -hmm. but it's but these issues are so more widespread 
and they need to be tackled in that manner instead of just outing that one person. They need to be they need to be showed to the world that this is everywhere and we need to address it. And I think that I mean that's the power of the film. I mean it is about predatory like sexual predators and uh, pedophiles, but it's also about just the trust trusting of institutions. I mean of course it has the it it's uh, also about journalism and um, first amendment and stuff like that, but it's also it's the idea of community and what we can do for like uh, one of my favorite lines in the whole movie is you know there's a saying that it takes a village to raise a child it also takes a village to abuse one mm-hmm. and i it's so profound and so hurtful but so true that this movie really gets to the fact of how we need to be there for each other no matter what and we need to be able to open ourselves up to the realities and support one another instead of be selfish and try to keep their try to and people try to like keep their own sense of reality instead of um instead of realizing the reality they're actually in mm-hmm. yeah absolutely um i saw this one letterbox review that said the psychiatrist that they have on the phone or the psychologist Mm-hmm. He was like too safe, and it's like he was like a well of information that they just conveniently got from. Like they just that was their their source for everything. Did you guys think it was just like too big for everything? Mm, no, I feel like there's. I mean, I don't know if that's. I haven't looked up if that's like accurately like that's oh. actually what happened. But I feel like that's. I feel like I feel like. Of course, like I feel like that's basic journalism. Mm. Going to the experts, asking the experts about this. I don't. I, I. That's like people write books about a lot of things. People like everyone study. Like there's a million people who study one specific thing that no one else studies. Like true. I I don't get the complaint. Yeah. I don't I, really even care if it was artificial. For made I for the story. I this movie so airtight. Mm-hmm. Like, I agree. Did. There is not, and it's what it's two hours, two-ish hours. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It there's no, it's just it's perfect. It's like your perfect portion meal. There's no, there's not, it's not too much. There's but there's not too much meat on its bones. It's yeah, it's exactly what you want it to be. It's rock solid, and and it doesn't pander. It doesn't like it's not wasting time. Every inch of it. Every second of it is important and vital and and relevant to the story and relevant to what they're trying to say. And I think that that's really, really, really hard to find these days. Mm-hmm. Like, I know we talked about this, but, like, Ford v. Ferrari needed to cut, like, 20 <laughs> yeah. minutes of its first hour. Sorry, Clay. No, I, it did. That's but um, I can't. <laughs> you're done. I but, yeah, I just I can't really think of anything to cut from this. Yeah, no, it's just... It's, it's very rare. It's rock solid. And, like, it didn't really need anything else either. You know, if they started adding in extra exposition or extra this, extra that, it's, like, it trusts its audience to just get it and just dive in immediately. And that's why I love it. It's yeah. it's really, really smart. Very, very well made. In a lesser movie, they would make a whole big deal of Mark Ruffalo's marriage status. They would have, had, they would have casted 
the wife he was struggling with, they would have this huge conflict. It would have been this huge subplot of the whole movie, and he would have to like, and he would win her back at the end or something. Yeah, and, like, like Adam would I, have I could, like a love affair with one of the victims. Yeah, yeah it's something like, like that. something like that where it's like 100%. this like kind of unnecessary turn, you know, character. No, you know trait. what? You know what it would turn into? Uh, Olivia Wilde and Richard Jewell. Oh, I haven't seen it, but I've only well, heard I, the worst. But like things. I. Like, I, I haven't either, but we all know what I'm talking about. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, Oh, yeah, that, that kind of unnecessary yeah, addition yeah, yeah. to a character that makes it just so, like, this was this is such a movie, this is not necessary. Mm. And and I think McCarthy realizes that, because he also co-wrote the script, um, which won for yeah, Best Original, original Screenplay. screenplay. Um, yeah. And it, I think it deserved it so. nominated for six, and it won two. Which is, like, yeah. pretty return on investment there. I agree. <laughs> It's very rare for something not to win any acting and still win picture, right? Which like or, could happen on Sunday. I think is probably yeah. going to happen no matter what on Sunday. That's true. So yeah, yeah, that is weird that the two best picture frontrunners have no acting nominations. No acting nominations. No acting nominations. And it's even weirder that 1917 never even played at a festival and still is. It came out. I think that's It came out of nowhere. Because I took my dad to see Midway in November. I'm sorry, that doesn't exist. Can you explain? Midway? <laughs> oh, guys, it was great. No, it was two and a half hours. It was so boring. <laughs> my dad loved it, though. Because mm. it's basically like the History Channel. Just like sure. dramatic. Just ah. like dramatic. Um, so, so, yeah, so I took him to see it. And when we were in the theater, 1917 trailer played. Mm. And I said to him, I'm trying to talk to him in the theater. And he... You know, he's like, what are you saying? I'm like, okay, shh, you know. And uh, But I said, that's a good movie coming out. We have to see it. And he was like, okay. So then I kind of made him go with me, but he's yeah. obsessed with it now. And it's like, it, it, but it. He the other day he said to me, he was like, when can I watch that on TV? And I was like, dad, we saw it opening weekend. Like it just came out. He's like, what? We, it just came out. And I'm like, yeah, you know, I feel the same way. Like it, <laughs> it feels like it should be, have been around for like the past six yeah. months. Yeah. And it's kind of always been there on all the podcasts you listen to talking about the Oscars, talking about award season, being like, well, no one's seen 1917. No one's seen mm-hmm. 1917. And it's Sam Mendes and it's Roger Deakins and it's these heavyweights and yeah. like, but it's these unknown actors. Yeah. So, What's gonna what <clears throat> but that ensemble, I mean For like three weeks I remember it was that cats and Star Wars uh, that no yeah. one saw. A train wreck. It was And it was like in one out of three um came out alive. Yeah. But um Did but yeah, it was cats? Yeah, it, Cats was the one that came out alive, right? Yeah, right, yeah. That's had the nine best picture frontrunner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Guys, cats is a cult classic already. Yeah. <laughs> It is weird how fast that... And the funny thing about Cats was everyone knew... Like, even before the movie came out, they're like, oh yeah, cult classic. The moment the trailer came out, it was already certified cult classic. Yeah. I... Yeah, but... Judy Dench for supporting actor. Actress. Didn't... Who picked... um, Didn't Griffin pick her? Yeah. On Blank Jack? On the Blakies? I thought it was Richard Lawson. Or no, uh, Joe Reed. No, it was was Griff. Okay. Yeah, it's a Griff pick. It's a Griff pick. It's a Griff pick. Uh, did you guys see cats no no i wanted to but then i'm like no (sighs) yeah do we want to pay the money for (laughs) 
I didn't have any weed on me. That was, my, that, honestly, that was the big thing. Yeah. I was like, yeah. I need to get high before yeah. that, so. I don't know. I don't know. I, we already, we already spent two hours with the King's speech. I don't know if Tom Hooper has me. Guys, the King's speech, Les Mis, Cats, masterpieces. Well, are you just going to forget about the Danish girl? Oh, God. That's a kind of blind to. eye. <laughs> Which was out this, which, funny enough, 2015 Yeah, which we Oscars, should bring up. Yeah, yeah. Alicia we should Vikander, Vikander. Yeah, Rachel McAdams and Rooney Mara for fucking Danish Girl. Though. Let me say one thing. Alicia Vikander's Oscar dress was beautiful. I loved it very much. It was this yellow. She's, a, she's attractive. Yeah. She's not hard to look at. Here's oh. a Michael Fassbender, like, hell yeah. Oh, he's very attractive. Yeah. Hell yeah. Power couple. But Although I hear out- that they're a very boring couple. I mean, I'm not shocked. They seem like both very boring people. Like <laughs> with great uh, test taste in dresses. Great it's like they wear sweaters dresses, all the time. Great gowns, beautiful gowns, you know. Um but yeah, I mean that is one of the worst I think wins of the shameful decade. Yeah. Sucks. It sucks cuz she's a good actress. Mm-hmm. But now it's but, like she's like Oscar winner Alicia Vikander, and it's like I'm pretending she won for Ex Machina. She's so good in Ex Machina. Wait, would we? Let's say she won for Ex Machina. Would we still be angry that Rooney didn't win? But she wouldn't. Ex Machina. Hmm. Would she have been lead in Ex Machina? I no, would supporting. say Rooney is lead in Carol. Then, but. But I know Blanchett but... is obvious. I know Blanchett's obviously lead. But if I were, if you're playing, what if Rooney? I mean, Alicia Vikander won for Ex Machina, then I would be like, okay, I wouldn't be upset if you put Rooney Mara in lead for Carol. But no, no, it just basically if you traded out Dan- the Danish girl title for Ex Machina, but it's the same results, would you be as mad? Nah. Maybe not. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think what? Rooney is lead That's in that movie, but... Yeah. I but don't know. To even fathom. Because that movie went so underappreciated. Who won for Auri Brie Larson? Yeah, yeah, which is deserving. Even though, I feel like... like Rum's been very forgotten about. I heard nothing. In, in Brooklyn is, is also exquisite. Brooklyn was nominated for Best Picture, and I'm always surprised when I see that. Even though I like, I, I I love that movie. I guess I can say I can, yeah, I love it. I was just, I'm always shocked because it just seems like an one acting nom, and then you're done. Yeah. Like I don't, I, I I didn't. It was weird that that actually got nominated for Best Picture. Reason. Yeah. Another you gotta un- love it. major underrated actor. Domo. Yes. I think it's Domo. Or is it Donald? Is it Donald? Domino, I've heard it. I've heard it every, every way possible. You're you're a dumb hole. That's what oh, you are, Jack. Okay. okay. All right, guys, come on. <laughs> I've Wake been up. told um, that I look like Donald. Just because you're you have red hair. I mean, so. maybe. I think Donald is a handsome person, so I, I take that as a compliment. Yeah, sure. Um, what was I? Yeah, I, I I don't know, man. I I love this movie. I I'm a big fan of how like all the men are we- all all the men are wearing like tucked shirts with khakis. Yeah, I I'm just a big fan of that. They're just all power walking around, cute butts. Like I don't know. 
<laughs> I mean, like Brian Darcy James when he's running in that neighborhood, I was like, it's a nice butt. Nice. Yeah. No, it's some real like Jonathan Groff and Mindhunter energy. Very much so. It's definitely Jonathan. Like, but yeah, it's just like every like they're power walking and it's it's very like it's a walk and talking movie. They're just walking and talking about like journal okay. and like they use their words like you got to trust your gut. It's just mm-hmm. cool. It's a good movie. Like. That's that's all you want in these. We're kind not of gonna movies. bring it to Ben. Like they use that kind of vocab. Yeah, exactly. Like you yeah. know, you know, we gotta make sure. You know, um, oh fuck, what was it? Never mind, I forgot it. Um, but yeah, montages, great montages. Love a montage. A, a good study montage, like finding like a library montage. Who doesn't like a library montage? Um. Yeah. I, I, oh, analog. It's very analog in the uh, the um, resources stuff. They have to like you know go through each like individual news clipping and stuff like that. That's pretty mm-hmm. cool. I love. There was this one moment where Ruffalo was at like the courthouse, and or no, he was he was like somewhere like looking for some document, and uh, this character was like, "Oh, you have to go to um, the B." What was it? It was the Boston Public Library, but she spelled it out in like initials, and I was like, Boston Public Library. It's <laughs> like I got it. Oh. Well, you know, Tom, uh, Tom McCarthy went to BA. He went to Boston. He went to Boston College. That's BC. Or no, wait. Uh, no, fuck. Where did he go to? Uh, no, it's BA. It's called Boston College. It's BA. Or no, it's BC. What? Yeah. It says BA. Oh, he got his bachelor's at Boston College. Oh. <laughs> nice. I dig it. Okay. Yeah, and he also went to Yale, which is... Damn. Yeah. All right, that's that's just a flex then. Okay. That is a flex. Grew up in, he was born in New Providence, New Jersey. And then he went on to make The Cobbler. Everyone's favorite movie. Right, everyone's favorite Tom McCarthy movie. Well, but also, he's behind a lot of The Wire. Is he now? Yeah. yeah. No Interesting. Out respect. Um. Yeah. He's. I think it's a well-directed movie. Well-written. I think people like. Would we I have think, him in best director? Yeah. Yeah. Really. Well, I mean, out of these, not like out of like the out of the people who would Read get normally nominated, I think so. I think there's these key camera movements that will that are very subtle, but like like uh, I'll put it like this. Can you read off who did get in best director? Uh, Lenny Abramson for Room, George Miller for Mad Max, um, Adam McKay for The Big Short, and Alejandro G. Iñárritu for The Revenant. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Obviously, George Miller. Lenny Abramson. No. I haven't seen it. So I, I like Room. I just... I, I think I would take him out for cooler. Oh, yeah. I mean, okay. like, yeah. Inside Out was nominated for Best Original Screenplay in 2015. It should have won, too. Oh, it over spotlight. That's the most original screenplay. That's like, like um, the, yeah. I mean, it's high concept. It's also incredibly well written, Inside yeah. Out. But also, um, Tom McCarthy co-wrote Up. He did? Yeah. 
this dude's has a weird career. See, like, we don't know. No one knows about Tom McCarthy. When is he going to do next? I'm curious. I just realized what he's been doing kind of since Spotlight, which is executive producing and directing 13 Reasons Why on Netflix, which makes sense because obviously him and Brian Darcy James have worked together a couple of times. But also that show. Mm, yeah, that's uh, hashtag problematic. Yeah. Oh boy. He's he's directing this movie called Stillwater. Oh, this could be interesting. I already like the title. Um, a father travels from Oklahoma to France to help his daughter who has been arrested for murder. Ooh. Uh, stars Matt Damon. That's about wow. it. Coming out oh, this year, twenty twenty. Yeah. Interesting. Good stuff. Yeah. Interesting. 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 Um. Yeah. I. I. The. 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 Like, there's this one shot that I'm like, okay, yes, he deserved the best director. Um. Is so. In the, so the conference call when they for, the like the group call when they all talk to Spire, the book guy, the expert. Mm-hmm. And they're all like going over the numbers. Like, do you think this? Do you think um, thirteen is too low or too high of sexual predators in the church in the Boston area? He's like, I think that's too low. And the more information he's giving is like, oh, I, my my calculations would say ninety or whatever the real number was. Um, and the camera just slowly zooms out as they're positioned and they're framed incredibly, they're blocked incredibly well, just on the desk. They're all kind of looking at each other and it just slowly zooms out as the, the more and more information come um, comes out about like the reality. Mm-hmm. And it just, it works so perfectly. It's a Yeah, so and it's, there's no sound. Like they cut out of oh, talking and it's, yeah, exactly. it's, it's amazing. It's, it's so, so effective. It's so good. Yeah, I mean, I it's like one of those moments where you're like watching it, and like even though maybe you're like engrossed in the story, it's just like damn, this is like damn good filmmaking, you know? Exactly. It's like, and it's it, yeah, really, like it, it removes like any sense of like cheesiness or self-importance or anything like that, and it just kind of like is like, gosh, yeah. It so serves the story it so well. The story really, yep, exactly, 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 exactly. And that humanity, I think, is really key, and I think. I think only, and I think, I mean, the actors can do a good job, but if you don't know how to frame that humanity and you don't know how to have it like be in the like DNA of the film, mm-hmm. then there's no, there's, then there's no reason. But yeah. I think uh, McCarthy does, does that job so, so well. Um, yeah. It's a weirdly watchable movie too. I mean, it's kind of depressing, but it just moves by very fast. It's engrossing. Like, it's like def- we covered, definitely rewatchable too. Exactly. Like we covered like Twelve Years a Slave like two weeks ago in a movie I will never rewatch again. Yeah. Um, but like this is like even even though it's a dark mat like a depressing subject, um, it's still really entertaining because you have these great actors having these, you know there's also yeah, like there's also just like these like fun quips throughout the movie. Yeah. The screenplay's great. I mean I think like in terms of the other ones i mean like you were saying inside out was good too and like yeah hell yeah it's a great screenplay but this is just very smart and weaves it so well you know and it, it like i was saying before there's no like it's not meaty like necessarily like it's just meaty enough mm-hmm. where like, there's not too much it, it's just lean and and perfect and the perfect amount because i think there's a tendency with stories like this to really go overboard you know and, and exactly. like, just like pound home like mm-hmm. the 
monologue and the exposition of like what happens and things like that where it's like you don't really need to know that like an insinuation of things like this is almost enough sometimes mm-hmm. and and the subtler the better i think i mean you could easily see a movie like you could see this movie where like the brother of one of like the brother of mark ruffalo turned out to be like to be molested by one of the priests or whatever and that's why it's so personal to him there's just there's so many see it happening like oh yeah feel like oh is something gonna happen with one of them exactly i appreciated so much that it didn't because it just means that they're just like people just like doing the right thing Mm. yeah it it, it just there's so many ways this movie could have gone wrong yeah and it didn't and i think that's great and i I love this movie i think it's a low-key masterpiece in the sense of a human you know like a message of humanity and great filmmaking and an engrossing story Everything it has to do, it does exceptionally well. It's just good. Yeah. Um, It feels kind of like Zodiac, but without the murder. Yeah. That kind of tension. Yeah. Where it's like you're just expanding the rubber band just enough that it doesn't snap. Another good Ruffalo performance. Oh, oh my gosh. Great Ruffalo haircut. Oh, God. Yeah. Tashi, right? Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> can't catch a break. Oh, I know and his haircut in his haircut in Dark Waters is like no me gusta either. It's not great. His haircut in uh, Eternal Sunshine, like oof. Okay. he sacrifices his hair for mm. the part. Mm. Okay, he's going for it. Yeah, I like his haircut his... In, like Thor Ragnarok. But yeah, I, 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 funny. I was gonna say the same exact thing. I'm like, yeah, he has a good haircut in Ragnarok. I mean, and it's the same one in uh. Endgame and Infinity War. Yeah. Yeah. A little long. I don't like his cut in in the first Avengers. It's like really like curly and it's bad. You know why? um, And the same in Ragnarok too. Why Ragnarok I think sticks out. We haven't seen the Hulk for like a few years. Is that right? Mm hmm. It's been like years. It was, it had to be two years because. Ultron came out in 2015 and Ragnarok came out in 2017. So it was like two years. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I'm a nerd. <laughs> I mean, we're all talking about it. So right. yeah. you're labeling all of us by doing that. Um, like you, you labeling yourself a nerd. Marvel, I'll come on. Yeah. Oh. You labeling yourself a nerd is like Brad Pitt wearing the name tag during the war season. Yeah. <laughs> so it's funny. just so humble. God, I've never wanted to kiss this a man more. <laughs> yes. I just, I like anytime I see him just being a cutie, I'm just like, I just want to give mm. him a little peck, just a little peck, just oh, yeah. like a peck on the cheek, just be like, I appreciate you and everything you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, I just can't wait to to see his acceptance speech on the big day. Oh God. How many it's jokes? Good. How many jokes about his divorce over or under? <laughs> like three, I, right. think, I, I think that's what he's up to. I feel how like many, he's gonna reference like how a many be- about Tarantino's foot fetish? Oh, yeah. Maybe one reference, I think. Again, I yeah. feel like he's gonna reference like a low point in his career where he had to do like a shit movie. Like I don't know what's a bad movie he's in. Like he, I don't know, he might miss reference Mr. and Mrs. Smith or something like that. Just like one of these random movies yeah. that you're like, oh yeah, he was in that. Mm-hmm. Mr. and Mrs. Smith? 
It's not bad. <laughs> like the beginning of him and Angelina, so that's like that would be referencing his marriage and his career. Yeah. Okay. Oh, what's the yeah. one that him oh. and him and Angelina did together like recently? Oh my god. On, in like the beach house oh, or by something. The sea? By, by the sea. sea. Yeah. Holy shit. He directed he it. Re- he I d- no, Angelina directed it. I'm pretty sure she directed it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, I'm pretty sure people think that that's, like, they, like, realize that their marriage sucked then. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I remember that. I remember that. Like, they were like, oh, shit, wait, like, this is real? Like, us arguing and, like, being, like, toxic? Wait, no, I mean this. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But actually, when I say that I hate you, I actually hate you. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yeah, he might reference, like, I hate your guts, Yeah. (laughs) He might reference I like not Brad in this movie. <laughs> right. Oh shit. Yeah. Line. Um <laughs> oh, I bet he'll reference Troy. I bet he'll reference Troy. Because that was a weird turning point in his career. Has he, he mentioned about... Fight Club yet? Did he mention Fight Club in one of his speeches? Yes. It was like, I'm so old, I'm forgetting the first role of Fight Club or something. Oh yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah that was, that's a good. That's a great his jokes this award season, man. I love that guy. Whoever's <laughs> writing for him is uh It's is probably very... Adam McKay. I can't see it anyone else. Do you think it's Adam McKay? I mean he's there buddy buddies. buddies. Yeah. Is is he really? He started yeah, in he... Big Short, he produced Vice. Oh true. And he also produced the Big Short too. He, but the yeah. thing about Brad Pitt is like, yeah, okay, we're like celebrating him and he's he's good into in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and deserves to have an acting Oscar, obviously. Just body of work. And I love that he's winning for this. Yeah. Like, this is not a perform. I mean, granted, it's supporting, so I guess... Um, also, like, he's against up against four older men who have won before. True. He's the youngest in the category, but he's, what, 54? Wait, has Pesci won before? Yeah. yeah that's right, that's right. He makes the most, the greatest Oscar speech ever. Uh, thank you, and good night. And yeah. he just leaves. Iconic. Iconic. Yeah. Never forget. Cam's- my Cousin Vinny is my favorite movie, by the way. I feel like I said that on the last show, but I love him. Um, but yeah, but I just, I also love that he's producing like these like diverse stories as well and yeah. like making sure that they're told. And that's, I think that's why he should be celebrated more than anything. But like, that's why I don't mind that we are, you know. He has a producing Oscar for kind of, years. Yeah, and for Moonlight. And Moonlight, yeah. Well, which we'll talk about next week. Yeah. He weirdly has more Oscars for movies he's produced than he's actually won. He was, That's hysterical. Uh, did you guys read the profile of him in, I think it was Kyle Buchanan did it for the time. Yes, yes, when Ad Astra came out, yeah. And when he was... He oh, was, I gotta read that. He was at, um, who directed Ad Astra? James, James Gray. He was at James Gray's house having dinner because they're friends. And Sounds he's cool. already watching it. And like James Gray's wife came into the room and was like, oh, like Moonlight just won Best Picture. And Brad was like, like oh, that's yeah. really cool. Oh, that's cool. Like, yeah. yeah. But yeah, like yeah. he won an Oscar. Like, you know, he was going to be in uh, Lost City, the Z. Yes. It's, it's, yeah. It's, 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 and, and, and then uh, Charlie Hannum. He was in, in World War Z. Yes. And I think uh, cool, right? No, well, Fancher was gonna do the sequel. Then, he, then the studio was like, "You're asking for way too much money. Yeah. Get out of here." <laughs> Good. Do you guys know the Reeve. story of how Natasha Leone got that cameo in Ad Astra? Oh, I I've think heard I it before, but I forget it. it. Yeah, it, it was like she just came to James Gray's house. I guess that's, that's where right. all the action is, and she's oh, like, "Can I be in this movie?" Yeah, and <laughs> I love that. And she was in uh, 
Uncut Gems and uh, yeah. Boy 2 and like micro micro cameos in the sack in the sack in the sack lunch bunch. Yeah, like yes, yeah. <laughs> what a perfect piece of pop culture that is. Clay, can we do oh, sack lunch bunch? But I want to die. Green book. <laughs> I love how like how do how would you want to how would I want to die? Uh, this is a kid special, right? <laughs> like, I can't mention that here. Love it. You know, and then just like the randomness of Jake Gyllenhaal popping up at the end is just. Mr. Music is going to win a Nobel Peace Prize. For my soul. Super my soul. Oh, yeah. I love it. Um, Thank yeah. you, Tomalee. Uh, I think, like, I mean, is there anything else you guys want to talk about for mm. Spotlight? Spotlight? I feel like nothing for Spotlight. I feel like we covered it. The way it's it's the movie itself is cut and dry. The discussion is pretty mm. cut and dry. It's a great movie. It's important. It's well yeah. done. Deserved to win the Oscar. Happy for Mark Ruffalo. <laughs> I do I just I can't get over the fact that we're just like not upset about this. Yeah. You know, it like, is weird. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, I think we can differ on, like, Birdman and King's Speech doesn't age that well. And um, um, 12 Years doesn't have the rewatchability. But we're like, no, this was pretty dope that they gave it to this. <laughs> I mean, if you yeah. weren't going to give everything to Mad Max, this is the movie to give the best picture to. Mm-hmm. True. Like, I mean, like, George Miller should have won for best director. It's probably the one of the most greatest directed movies ever. Yeah. Um, that's yeah, the like, one that if you'll read a lot of directors um, their opinions on the 2010s they'll be like I do not understand how George Miller did that I forget oh, yeah. who said who said that recently maybe it was like it was either Bong or Edgar Bong yeah I was going to say Bong I think Poo. Bong put him on his list of like best directors or something he yeah. also put The Thing on there which is a great Bong Bong pick well you probably, who was your other picks. Who's your other guess? Uh, Edgar Wright. Edgar Wright. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Is Edgar Wright is a sucker for that movie, as he should be. Maybe Guillermo. He seemed like the kind of guy. My One of my favorite memes is um, Guillermo, and I think he's holding one of his Oscars, and he's, like, talking into the mic. Yeah, right, he is. And it's like, uh, and I believe in cinema. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. He should run for president. I love let's that. Also, kid. Let's elect to Gamma for president. No should, should Karan be vice? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Oh and my, I love and, that. Oh yeah. Sorry. And Inyarito is like the chief of staff, just doing shit. Right. Yeah. We'll get it done. I love that gif of um, Guillermo opening the envelope, and it, and it says "Best Picture: Shape of Water," and he's like all happy because it's j- the year right after Moonlight, La La Land. Oh yeah. <laughs> He's so sweet. I I am Greta Gerwig in that that gif where like she's looking at I think it's at the Globes or maybe it's at the Oscars where he's talking and and she's like I love him. Mm. Oh yeah. Like yeah. I love him. That was such a great best direct. I mean, those like the we'll best directors lineup yeah. for it yeah, was yeah. so good. We'll get to it. Yeah. Like the, oh, yeah. All right. Um, great year. Good year. Yeah. Uh. So should we go to favorite scene? Mm-hmm. Um, I have one. Um, I mean, I have a few, but it's mostly you know they're very quiet moments. But 
I gotta say, it might be... I mean, the ending is kind of a cheat because it's just... I mean, I'll... Fuck it, I'll go with the ending. It's so cathartic with the phones ringing, uh, ringing off the hook. And, like, the power... Like, I also just love them power walking when they notice that no one's upstairs. Mm-hmm. And they're like, you know, where is everyone? And they're like, downstairs, like, at, um, at Spotlight. And they're like, what's going on? And they're like, they kind of have a sense of urgency in the back of their head. And then they just, like, power walk there. Yeah. And um, they, and then when they realize, like, there's this wide shot of everyone on the phone and, you know, all these victims. And it's just so emotional, profound, and, like, heartwarming is the weird, is the wrong word because these are victims talking about their traumas. But it's more of, like, it feels, maybe not hopeful, but it feels righteous and cathartic in the sense of we fucking did it. Mm-hmm. We're listening to people now. Mm-hmm. We're making progress. We're giving these people an outlet to reveal what has been done to them the in, the gross injustice that is taking over their life we're allowed we're allowing them to take responsibility or like take over take control of what's happened to them and we made a difference and just it's, it's the fucking movie that is the movie that scene yeah that's my pick quick shout out to howard shore's score um it's not Great. like overplayed or anything like i think it enacts as a pretty pretty good layer everything uh, in this movie just a compliment is so itself yeah um yeah it's not it's not like overdoing it so um got on mccarthy knowing when to and to not use it i think my favorite scene is uh silent night the the choir singing on christmas eve um it was sort of a reflection for ruffalo's character and the audience to be like i mean for me it was this is the thing that we are fighting for like after all this nonsense about the the legal trouble and the the catholic church and uh and how high it goes and what should and shouldn't we report to brent badley jr it's about the kids i mean these kids are going to be traumatized forever and there's nothing more devastating than a child losing its innocence to me. Um, and yeah, I think that that moment of reflection kind of communicates that. Yeah. I, yeah. I think the cross cutting sequences are just really done. Well done with those kind of scenes. Mm. They cut back to forth to each characters reflecting while the music's playing. I mean, it's good. It's just all good. Mine's a tie between the the scene we talked about earlier where Michael Keaton is talking to the friend. Yeah. You know, we got lucky. Oh, um, and they knew, obviously. Yeah. I mean, two <laughs> great fucking scenes. Yeah. Just iconic. A little Just bit perfect. iconic. Just perfect. <laughs> oh, God. What a great fucking movie. I'm like... I like I want to rewatch it now, and I think that's the first time. Yeah, that's this has to be the first time out of all the movies we've talked about for the best picture series. That's the first time I'm like, yeah, I want to watch it again. Ah, huh. interesting. Yeah, no. Um, and we're coming up on the exact. I think the exact length of the movie that this episode is matching with. Perfect. That's actually really cool. Yeah. Look at us, um, guys. Look at us. Yeah. Look at us. Been Who on tangents, talked Not about me. the movie. <laughs> Perfect Love timing. Love the Paul Rudd reference. 
Oh. You got it. Shout out to First We Feast, you know. Has, has Rudd said anything since the Chiefs went winning? He was on no. like a party. I saw I saw a video of him at like an after dancing and like everyone else was yeah, dancing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's like, oh. was he at the parade? I'm sure if he wasn't. Did. I would be heartbroken. I've told this story to Clay, oh, he has but a like, job. Oh, so like maybe sure. I mean, yeah, a little bit. I told this story to Clay. I forget it was it was offer on Mike, but when that whole like Scorsese MCU thing happened. Um, they asked Rudd about it. And he's like, "Oh, I love his movies. Oh, I can't wait to see The Irishman." Like he was, you know, yeah. he, he, he completely was so good. defenseless. His response was good, and who else's response? Davro, right? No, I think Downey was kind of like, "I don't care." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. it's his so opinion. Like, yeah. Okay. Sure. Think what you yeah. want. Yeah. Um, and maybe Favreau too. Yeah, maybe Favreau said like I idolize him or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Someone else did it wrong. Every single other person was like, no, anyone no responded in a, in a bad way or in like a Marty like don't be mean to us kind of way. Like <laughs> was just playing themselves. Like congratulations, yeah. you played yourself. Like under like whatever. Like Wait, did I DJ Khaled respond to the Mar- uh, Scorsese comments? DJ Khaled. <laughs> you said you played yourself. Oh, congratulations. You played yourself. <laughs> you played yourself. Yeah. That's me responding to the responders. <laughs> oh, but God. That's, that's time to... All right. You know what? DJ Khaled's was... in the episode? That's... DJ Khaled. Yeah, I, it's weird how I was able to get that in. Yeah. I know, I know what you're doing now. Interesting. Shout out. DJ Khaled. Okay. All right. I'm done. Jason Music. <laughs> We the best movies. The <laughs> <laughs> movies. What about if DJ Khaled has a the movie speech? Just this, this year's Oscars. Just what if they gave him the exact the movie speech? <laughs> we all know the movies. We love them. Yeah. <laughs> the uh, thing that binds us. Yeah. Miami. We the best. Yeah, exactly. Father of Assad. <laughs> What if he gets the exact same from standing ovation that Sean Connery got? That'd <laughs> like well respected. Like that'd be weird. Like no, Rachel McAdams just Connery. standing at her speech, like like standing on her feet, just crying, just clapping for DJ Khaled. The one tear down Chris Pine's face. Oh, perfect. <laughs> when was the year that? This is gonna get us off track. But what was the year that Oprah had that rousing speech at the that Globes? Was that year. That was, was that. That was this year. It, no, no, no! It was the year that um, that Chris Pine like cried, I think. Oh, oh! It must be next year, right? Because Hell or High Water. No, it was Selma, wasn't it? it? Was Selma. It was. No, no, no! No, it, no, it feels like that's too far away. She got the Cecil B. DeMille Award at the Golden Globes, and that was when she gave the speech, and everyone was like, "Oprah for president." Yes, yes. But I think it was, was. I think it was 2016, but like right. this was 20, so it would have been 2017. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. That sounds. That sounds right. Yeah. Wait, didn't Pine like cry when like uh, during like a Selma thing or whatever? Or am I ma- ma- making that up? I no, that sounds that. that sounds right. Maybe yeah. yeah, it's different. Somebody cried during Oprah's spe- Oprah's speech though. Definitely. Was it Meryl? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, what about if Meryl had you know that clapping gif Meryl has? I think it was for like Francis McDormand's speech of like writer inclusion or whatever. Yeah. 
You know that gif of yeah. her just like, like yeah, just like, you know, like yeah, yeah. J Lo. What about? Yeah. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Justice uh, for cool. J Lo. Can we just? Can I just say that? She should have won. It really stung. Award. It really stung. She it just. Whole, I don't know who said this. She just needed to get nominated. That's all. She really she did. To be there. You know, it, I can see cool. it now why it didn't happen because STX, I think that's what it's called. The they had no money. Sugar, they have no money, and there's but no way they could. J Lo, it's Jennifer Lopez. She doesn't need marketing. She's J Lo. Oh, um, yeah. in 2018, Meryl was in 2017. Okay. But then, yeah, but I remember Oprah. T- making a speech maybe oprah was presenting something because i do remember her like the, before the 2016 election people are like is oprah gonna run is that what is yeah. that is yeah, that yeah. is what is that happening yeah um okay i think we're done unless we want to talk about one more oscar thing <laughs> or dj khaled well let's just put some good energy out into the universe maybe a moment Her circle for parasite. for parasite just a quick moment <laughs> you know, I think Absolutely. I, th- I think that what this movie really tells tells us, um, and what what this movie represents, and what the world really needs right now is um, a touch of the tooch. That's yeah. all. That's that's what the world oh, needs right now. Did you guys see uh, the photo of him with his pizza oven? No, but I need to see that. Oh, oh my, my god! I'll send it to you. Jeez. The best. He has his little pizza oven. He also makes cocktails. He's just living his best life. Yeah. Keep Stanley doing your work, Mr. Ramirez. Keep doing your work. Or Resendez. Yes. <laughs> yes. 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 Keep yes. Doing yes. your work, Res- Mr. Resendez. I want Stanley Tucci to tell me stories on a park bench. Yes, please. <laughs> I just want him to whisper Mr. Resendez to my in my ear. Just. Nice. Yeah. We'll be okay. Yeah. Oh. oh God. Wait, okay. he says that name. Hello. Um, hmm. So thank you all for listening. Yeah, on that note. Um, Meg, thank you so much for coming on. Of course, okay. we want to have you back again. I, looking forward to it. This is always a good time. Awesome. Yeah. Um, where can the everyone... days till Star is born? Yes. Soon. Soon. Maybe we should do that. When is Cooper's um fucking what's the, the movie he's doing about yeah i don't yeah. even think they've started filming yet yeah it doesn't even have a release date i know it was set though like it was like official like yeah we're doing it mm-hmm. yeah, well, yeah, they, yeah they're doing it but they don't have a, a date hmm. we'll yeah. find or, something else or is like or maybe the next maybe he's starring in a movie coming up or gaga or something we'll figure it out yeah um but yeah, thank, uh, Meg, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, where can everyone find you on the internet? Everyone can find me at at the Meg Brady on Twitter and Instagram. Um, I also write for the Simple Cinephile. Should have a new piece on Little Women up in the next week or so. Oh, I love that. Yeah. And uh, yeah, just tweeting away. You know me. Yeah, yeah. You can ask. I'm Jack A. Draper on Twitter. And also contribute to the Simple Sin file. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I'm at Clayfilm100 on Twitter, on Instagram, on Letterboxd. Um, please subscribe to the podcast, rate, um, rate and review. Give us those 
cool five stars. Uh, our Twitter account for the podcast is at ETT pod. Um, next week we have um, Josh Bradley. Yes. For Moonlight. Glad to see is, you're paying attention to. Yes. I was, right. I was trying to make sure. I have not met the I have not met the gentleman yet, so I want to. None of sure us meet anyone. Right. Yes, I know. I'm I'm just I'm just saying you don't you don't have yeah. to raise your voice. Um yeah, but Josh Bradley is joining us for Moonlight of movies I love and so can you on YouTube, and I think he's just he knows his Oscars, so I think he's gonna be a fun get. Perfect. I mean that's yeah. what that's what this is all about. Um, thank you so much for listening, and we'll catch you next time on Exiting Through the 2010s. Thank you.